0: Episode 2, Midwest Baseball Ranks, coming at you right now. Go like, subscribe, leave us a review, iTunes, Spotify, do us a favor, go do that for us, please. That being said, here we go, episode 2. Welcome back, episode 2, Midwest Baseball Ranks. Again, go find us on iTunes, Spotify, leave us a review. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to us. Do everything you can to help us grow. Tell everyone you know. Please get the word out for us. And we're gonna have great things coming for you. That being said, last week we uh, talked a lot about, you know, playing in top tournaments, playing against top competition. You heard from uh, different different guys like Josh and and Mike and um, and Matt, and just the fact of you know always playing the top competition, going to these top tournaments is so important. You know, that's how, that's how you grow the team. That's how, you, that's how you find out how truly good you are, how good your team is, how, how prepared your kids are. So with that being said, I wanted to dive into a few top tournaments already. And the first one I want to dive into is the TBS National Championship over in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, which is going to be held on June 15th through the 19th for the 8U through the 10U divisions, and June 14th through the 19th for the 11U and the 12U. this tournament to me absolutely loaded okay this is this to me right now is the best tournament in the midwest and and to be honest it's not even really close right now things may change other tournaments are going to be coming too we're going to go over a couple more top tournaments you got uh you got super select over in indy that's already loaded you got tbr national world series over in dayton ohio already loaded so you, you got these top tournaments, but this, to me, this TBS National Championship this year for the summer is absolutely loaded. And, you know, lucky enough for everyone here, we got Rick Goff coming on this episode, who is in charge of it all. He uh, is the owner of TBS, Travel Baseball Select, great guy. Uh, does a lot of good things over there and, you know, one of the top tournaments in the entire country. So not just the Midwest. that we talk about this is probably the top tournament in the Midwest right now. It's up there with one of the top tournaments in the entire country, and that's hands down. It's absolutely loaded. You know, we talked about this 9U division right now. We got the Motor City Hit Dogs from, from our Midwest representing us. You got other teams from Florida, Louisiana, Texas, Alabama. You got top teams, too. These aren't just, you know, anybody's. These are invite-only teams. go over the 10U division. You got Motor City Hit Dogs again. You got Next Level out of Ohio. You got the Razorbacks out of Indiana. You got Clutch out of, Iowa, or out of St. Louis, we just talked to you last week. We know his team's coming. We know Josh is bringing a, a top program over there. They're going to compete. You got top-tier Cardinals from Illinois. Top-tier Cardinals, uh, the former Springfield Cardinals for the 10-year division, converted over to top-tier Cardinals. Interested to see what they do. That team is uh, quite special. So, not only do you have those teams too, you got top teams in this 10U division from Georgia, Mississippi, Texas, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida. I mean, this is crazy. Let's go over the 11U division. You got Ohio Elite, Ohio Nationals, the Razorbacks out of Indiana. You got top tier Michigan. You got Upper Deck out of Illinois. And you got Clutch out of St. Louis again. Again, we are talking about the Elite. Of the elite. I mean, you got Ohio Nationals, top tier Michigan, upper deck and clutch. Those are, those are, they're all in our top 10 for the Midwest. That's an absolute loaded division. So on top of that, you got teams from North Carolina coming in, Louisiana, Texas, Georgia. You got the East Cobb Astros coming in. That's what I'm excited for. You got East Cobb Astros coming over to Elizabethtown Kentucky, to play in this tournament. That's how legit this tournament is. We shoot over to the 12U division. we got Gem City out of Ohio. we got Bulls Black out of Indiana. Motor City Hit Dogs once again. And then you got teams from Georgia, Tennessee, Louisiana, Florida, Kentucky. We we're talking the best of the best from these states, too. We're not talking about, you know, low-level type of programs. We're talking the top programs. 13U. we got Dayton Sting. Motor City Hit Dogs again. Razorbacks again out of Indiana. And again, you got teams from Florida, North Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Louisiana. You got a team from Puerto Rico coming into play. This field is unbelievable. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to compete with any tournament you'll see in the entire country. It's absolutely loaded. I just named those teams, and, you know, it is only October. It's not even the end of October yet, so wait till you see – the rest of this field when it is done. and me, Rick and I got into some good conversation here about his tournament, what he does for the game. Fantastic job. It is probably the best tournament that I personally have ever been to. Everything from the fields, from the experience, from the way the tournament is ran, from the way they do the scheduling, little things like that. I'm going to talk about in the interview how they do the scheduling with Rick And it's something like you'll never see before. It's truly special. It's these little things that go a long way in travel baseball. It's little things like how they do a schedule. And it may sound dumb just hearing it right now, but how many times are you sick of going to a tournament and you play the same two teams you play all year? You know, you may travel 180 to 200 miles away and you're still playing the same team you play over and over and over again. And, you know, let's be honest here, coaches. Sometimes we feel like you may get screwed. We've all been there. Parents, you, you feel like you may get screwed on the scheduling. And that's fair. You don't know how the schedule's being done. No one truly knows. So the way they do the scheduling, when we're going to get into it with Rick, is truly special. It's different. And I think you guys are all going to enjoy it. On top of that, Rick is always out there. He's watching every game. He's communicating with people. He's talking to people. He uh, he does a fantastic job over there. First day they you know do a nice home run derby, some uh, speed competitions, and uh, really put on a great event. And then straight into the tournament, couple day tournaments or a uh, couple days, and just grinding baseball. It's good game after good game. You could sit out there and truly watch a full day of baseball and not get a bad game because you're seeing top team play top team each and every game. And like I said, it's a true invite turn. So you know these teams are coming to play, and they're the best of the best. And I can't wait for this tournament. I'm very excited to be down there again. I mean, was in attendance last year and was blown away by everything they did. One thing I will say, I do highly recommend the barbecue nachos. Absolutely phenomenal. Thinking about them already. Uh, I might be – it's a bit of a tie, what I'm more excited for, the Barbecue naturals or the tournament. So I, I do recommend getting the Barbecue naturals if you're out there. Again, I can't wait for this tournament. This is, this is one of the best of the year. With that being said, we're going to hop into the interview with Rick here. It's uh, Rick Goff with Travel Ball Select. And uh, like I said, it's a fantastic interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. And then uh, after that, we'll talk about some more tournaments. Off to you, Rick. All right, everybody, welcome back. I have Rick Goff joining us today, uh, president of Travel Ball Select, TBS. Rick, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
0: No problem, Rick. Let's talk about this tournament that you're running, TBS National Championship. You know, you're running it again. Last year was one of the best tournaments in the Midwest and one of the best tournaments in the entire country. This year you're doing it again. It's an absolutely loaded field once again. Talk us through, you know, what you've been going through the past couple years putting this together and how you've gotten to this level.
1: Well, this will will be the 11th year for this tournament. Uh, We spent the first seven years at the East Cobb Baseball Complex in Georgia. Then we moved it for two years to the Lake Point Sports Complex just north of Atlanta. And then the last two years, it will be here at the Elizabethtown Sports Park just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. So we've been around for a while. And, um, you know, with this being our 11th year, I've been fortunate enough to make uh, connections and friends all over the country from coast to coast and east to west, and north to south, and, and get those guys to, to kind of come up here and, and try to truly see who the best team in the country is. My rules are a little bit different than, than most of the tournaments that, that people go to and the fact that when you come to my event, you have to bring your team. You're not allowed to pick up players or load up for pitchers or anything of that nature. So that truly makes this tournament the, the best tournament out there to find out who the best team is. It's not necessarily who's got the deepest pockets. So a lot of the coaches, believe it or not, most of the coaches really enjoy that concept. They don't, they don't like picking up other players, but when they go to these other tournaments, it's within the rule set. So they do it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But here at my event, you've got to bring your team. And, you know, a lot of the coaches like that, it, don't put any pressure on them to to pick up players. They come here, they kind of see who the best team really is. And when they leave here, their team's still going to be intact. So many times when these teams go to these big end-of-the-year tournaments and pick up players, that means they got to set some of them players that have been with them all year long. And that causes turmoil, it causes problems. And a lot of times uh, those teams end up folding or, or disintegrating right there on the spot, and they don't exist the following year. So I've heard it from numerous coaches uh, over the course of the 11 years that uh, they like that rule, and that's why they come here, because they know when they leave here, win or lose, when they leave here, their team's still going to be intact.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a great point, and I, I like how you brought up the fact that, you know, these other tournaments, it's within the rules, so there's no, nothing wrong with that. You know, no. It's in the rules, go for it. Um, but yours specifically does not have that. And, you know, you talk about your tournament being a little different. I got to bring this up. This is one of the coolest things I've seen in any tournament. The way you guys do the scheduling, at least the way you did it last year, was the coolest thing I've ever seen in any tournament. Um, you know, talk about that. I know, I don't know if I want to ruin the surprise, but the way you guys did the scheduling and who you play, you drew out of a hat, which is awesome to me. You're getting a true. Um, blind schedule, you have no idea what's going to happen. So, you know, what, what, have you always been doing it that way? Or?
1: Yeah, I've done it that way from the beginning. And, and the biggest reason we decided to do something of that nature, and, and there's a little twist and a little caveat to that, even though we do do a, a blind draw out of a hat, we also guarantee that teams from the same state do not end up in the same pool. And, you know, that is huge for a lot of these teams that are coming in from California, Texas, Florida. You know, they don't want to travel thousands of miles to play somebody they can play in their own backyard. Um, years and years ago, when I was coaching, I, uh, I, was, I had a team based out of Michigan. And we were going all the way down to Florida to play in, in a big tournament down there. And our first round opponent was a team that was 20 miles from us. And it was so frustrating You know, it's like, you know, why are we spending all this money to travel to go down there? So when I created this tournament 11 years ago, a couple of things that I said is is we're going to make sure you're not going to play another team in your own state unless we have more teams from that state. So if we've got five pools and we've got six teams from Texas, well, then that happens. And teams understand that. So then we take it a step further and, you know, everybody wants to ask for favors when they when the schedule comes out, hey, we can't play in the morning or we can't play in the afternoon. And I said right from the beginning, we're not going to have none of that here. It's going to be a blind draw done right in front of the coaches, right literally right out of a hat. And, you know, the coaches all love it. There's no favoritism involved. Um the the only favoritism I guess if if you want to call it that is we guarantee the teams from California their first two days of play, they're not going to play the 8 a.m. game. Sure. So that's the only thing we do for those teams is is we guarantee that they don't play after that. It's all fair game, whatever they draw. They get a couple of days to get acclimated to the time change. And it'd be no different that if, if someday we move out west, um, you know, I would guarantee that the East Coast teams wouldn't play an 8 or a 9 o'clock game at night uh, because for them guys, that would be, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I try to take all this into consideration being a coach of these types of teams. I know what I want when I go to a tournament and I try to implement that into this tournament. And And the coaches seem to love it. I remember, uh, about four or five years ago, we had a really loaded competitive 11 year old, uh, 11 year old team or tournament division. We had 28 teams and we had like 18 of the top 25 teams in the country. who were here. Wow. And one of the coaches called me and he says, Hey, he says, uh, You know, how do I know the schedule is going to be done fair? And I told him what I did. And he's like, well, that still doesn't make me feel better. And I finally said, I said, coach, I'll tell you what. You look at that list of teams and you tell me the four that you want to play in your pool and I'll make it happen. And he looks at the list and finally he goes, well, I guess it really doesn't matter. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter, coach. So that that same year, um, we did the draw, the blind draw out of the hat. And I sat there and I looked at all the coaches and I said, all right, the schedule is done. How many of you guys think that this was done in a fair and even manner? All 28 coaches raised their hand. And I said, OK, let me take this a step further. If this is the schedule that I had pre-made and handed to you when you walked in the door for this coaches meeting, how many of you guys would have, would have thought that I screwed you and this was the most unfair schedule you ever seen in your twi- entire life? Well, 28 coaches raised their hand. So I, I knew I was on to something there and we've always continued yeah. to do that. Um, you know, we guarantee we, we do everything based on our rankings from our travel ball select rankings, our uh, national rankings. We do a, a midseason ranking right before that tournament takes place. So not only do we make it so that teams don't play teams from their home state, we kind of divide up the, the, the levels of competition, too. So. If we've got four pools, we take the top four teams that are in attendance in our rankings, and those are the first four teams that go in a hat. So they all go into separate pools, pool one, pool two, or A, B, C, and D. Just because you're the number one ranked team doesn't mean that you're necessarily A1. You could draw B1, C1, or D1. And then we take the next four, and they're on the two line, Then the next four, and they're on the three line. And by the time we get to the fourth and fifth line, it's pretty much all well the honorable mentions or the unranked teams, and that's kind of how we do it. Um, the coaches appreciate it. They love it. They loved it. The, they love the fact that there's just some thought process into it. um yeah, some
0: some care into it. some
1: care into know. it. yeah, that's a great word, some yeah. care into it,
0: right. And I think it's really cool. and you know you guys do a fantastic job with your rankings too. and the schedule to me is such a little thing that goes a long way. you know, yeah, the day before the tournament starts, you're there, and you got a big group, you got all the coaches, you got the players, you got family watching in the background, and just seeing who you're pulling. like you said, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you're playing a top team, no matter what. It's just the fact that, exactly like you said, they care, and and you know, you don't want to coaches always got something in the back of their minds where we got screwed here, we yeah. got screwed here, but that's not the case here yeah oh, it, I, I
1: appreciate that. it it works out and and we try to divide it up too so if it's eight let's and i'm just going to use hypotheticals here a1 b1 c1 d1 so a1 might play the early game on the first day um and and b1 might not play until four o'clock in the afternoon right. so all of that times the way you play the way it breaks out is all dependent on the draw and every coach loves that aspect i mean i hear them all the time they go to these other so-called bigger tournaments and and the schedule is already predetermined and, and everybody just kind of scratches their head. They're like, how did they come up with this? Or, you know, so-and-so got a better draw because they go to more of their tournaments. Listen, we've been doing this for 11 years. Everybody out there is trying to imitate what we do at TBS. And I know one big tournament finally changed their format last year to go double elimination. Up until last year, I was the only team that did double elimination. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, I, I, uh, I got a feeling I know what tournament you're talking about, and they did a good job too, but the format you run, absolutely phenomenal, college World Series type of elimination, it's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, at, at the last minute, this this other organization decided to go double elimination because they got so much pressure from all these teams sure. because they used to be single elimination, and they, they changed it at the 12th hour to go double elimination, so listen… If it helps the teams and benefits them, hey, I'm all for it. I doesn't, I don't care what it took to get them to change. You know, it's, it's uh, like I said, everybody's out there trying to be like the TBS Nationals right now, and and I take that as a compliment.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so, not only the rules you guys are doing, the carrier you're doing, the complex you guys have over in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, one of the best I've seen in the entire country, and you know. It's phenomenal. It, the, the from everything from the fields, the, the parking lot's gorgeous. You hitting home runs into the parking lot. It's uh, you know, just a fantastic complex again too, and it's, one of the best in the country. It's
1: truly, it's truly a youth complex, and that's what I try to tell everybody. the 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 nice thing about moving this to Elizabethtown is it it was built for youth baseball, and what I mean by that is it's twelve diamonds. Uh, 12 fields all the same complex so you don't have to go off site you're not you know having to fight with gps and trying to figure out where your next game is all your stuff is right there and four fields are uh built with 210 foot fences 200 to 210 foot fences there's six fields the fences are 250 feet and then you've got two regulation high school fields that we play our 13u 6090 on so there's no temporary fencing it's all permanent Um, so the teams really, really like that. They get that feel and listen, there's some tournaments out there that have temporary fencing. They do a nice job with it, but let's face it, it's still temporary fencing and it still doesn't have the same look. When you come to Elizabethtown, all the fields are youth dimensions for whatever age that you're playing. And man, I, I was, I was a little nervous last year when we moved it to Kentucky. Um, because I mean, let's face it, Kentucky is in the middle of nowhere, right? Nobody Nobody wakes up in the morning going, Hey, we're going to go play a big national event in Kentucky. Yeah. But, you know, based on the reputation, and the history that we had, these teams, you know, I had one coach tell me, he says, Rick, you could run a tournament in, in North Dakota and we would be there. So that made me feel good. Made me feel a little bit better about it. And when these teams actually got to Elizabethtown and saw the park for the first time, they're like, I don't know what we were worried about. This place is absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. The park does a great job. They actually overstaff uh, employees so you won't find uh, scrap pieces of paper or anything anywhere in the park because they, they overhire people to make sure that park stays clean for you guys at all times. And, and that's appreciated not only by me, but it's appreciated by the teams, the fans, the parents, everybody like that. So they do a great job out there.
0: Yeah, they do. And, and even from the concession stands, you have five, six people working at the same time. Yeah. Uh, concession stands were phenomenal. I recommend the barbecue pulled pork nachos. Barbecue pork animals.
1: nachos. Yeah, they were oh, – that's probably man. the biggest hit out there.
0: Yeah, they were to die for. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And you. so back to the fields a little bit, I did want to mention you talk about two 10-foot fences it's a lot further than 210 it seems like because they are a little higher it's uh so it it truly is a perfect size for that you know 9u 10u yeah. um it's it's exa- it's perfect It's you got the height on the fences and 210's a good spot so um the fields are fantastic and great job last year let's kind of hop into last year a little bit you know i wrote down all the phenomenal teams you had i don't think we're going to get into all of them because you just had you know, the, the best of the best. You had the Motor City Hit Dogs and, you know, the top tiers, uh, Clutch coming this year, um, Upper Deck of the last year. I mean, just loaded field. And, you know, last year being the first year in Kentucky, kind of talk about that tournament, how it went last year. Any teams that really, you know, impressed you to the to the next level?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a situation when you put something together like that. It, it's really... Uh it's it's a trying time because all of these teams in their local market are the big dogs. You know, they win all of their local tournaments. Well, you, you bring them to an event like this or these end-of-the-year tournaments, and it's bound, someone's bound to get their feelings hurt because they are going to lose, and they're not used to losing, and that's always a challenge for my staff and I uh, onto that because – you know with that tempers get a little get a little heated um things tend to to get escalated a little bit, so you know I spend a lot of time with my staff on how how to deal with those types of issues, how to deal with those types of things that that come up that don't normally come up at these local localized tournaments uh the field we had last year was outstanding you know you mentioned the motor city hit dogs and and upper deck were there that's in the younger ages and the older ages you know we had uh uh Z T elite from California and we had East Cobb Astros and and that twelve year old tournament last year was was by far the the most competitive tournament in the entire country uh for the twelve year old division. Um Agreed. it was it, it was just insane the amount of, of talent that was there. Kids throwing eighty mile an hour. I think we ended up with I think we ended up with six kids at twelve that hit eighty um for for the week that we were there. And then there was I mean, a ton of kids throwing seventy three and above. I mean, it was it was just right. insane. Um, the games were great. The competition was great. The, the teams had a great time. And if you look at my list last year, I've got a rule in the GBS Nationals that, regardless of where you are, and let me put a sidebar into that: in order to come to TBS Nationals, you have to be on be ranked in our end of the season rankings. That's how you get your initial invite. But we do have a rule regardless of what happens. If you guys play in the TBS Nationals, you're automatically grandfathered in the following year if you want to come. And so we had 20, I believe we had 26 teams in the 12-year-old division last year. And 16 of those took advantage of the grandfather clause and came back for this year. Um, So, you know, that was... That was good. That, that gives you a core to, to work with, uh, led by these Cobb Astros, who were last year's number one. They, they were actually yeah. the first one to sign up. So, um, you know, when, when a team like that signs up, the rest of them are sure to follow.
0: Yeah, they flock. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, and I love that you're getting a true invite tournament. You know, it's, it's rare these days. It's, uh, you know, you're really getting the best of the best when you come here. You're not getting a game off. Every single team you play is going to be a top-ranked team.
1: Well we are we are limited in the number of teams we take. We take 20 teams or age group. And two reasons for that. Um one is we want to keep it limited. We're not about uh quantity with the teams. I know some teams out there they advertise, oh, we've got 80 teams. Well, okay, you've got 80 teams. In any given tournament, you're probably no matter what you do, you're only gonna play five or six of them, maybe seven if you make it to the finals. So even though there's eighty there, you're only gonna play five or six of them anyway. And so we're more about uh, quality as opposed to quantity. So we bring in 20 high-level competitive major teams. Um, and the second reason we only take 20 is because that's the number that I have figured out that I can take and keep everybody right there at the Elizabethtown Sports Park. You know, I, I hear complaints all the time from teams that call me up and they're like, well, you know, we were in a tournament in Atlanta and we were told we were going to play here. But we ended up playing one game there and we played you know, our other five games off-site and some cow pasture. So, you know, they get frustrated with that. And, I mean, trust me, I could I could probably add teams to my tournament and, and do exactly what they do. But that's not what it's about with TBS and, and the TBS Nationals. We want to keep everybody on site. Teams bring multiple teams within their orga- or Organizations bring multiple teams. So they have brothers on there. The, the parents are not uh, stressed out. They can watch all their kids play in the, in the same complex. Know where they're going every day, and it just makes life easier on on all of these teams. Knowing every morning they get up, they're going to the same park, and it's a beautiful park.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's it's it is a beautiful park. And you know, one thing that kind of dawned on me too is you have some of these parks, and it's so spread out. It takes you twenty five, thirty minutes to walk to one of the fields. Everything's right. kind of built in together and it takes five minutes to get to each field so that's something you know small details again that just go a long way well on
1: top of that we're constantly running golf carts around for people um whether it's parking lot or they need to get from from the red quad to the green quad because they're watching a sibling or something we have golf carts there giving people rides um, to all the adults and stuff. We don't we don't give rise to the players just because we just don't want to get into that misconception that we're playing favorites to one team over another. And it, So it's not that we don't like the kids. It's just – and I learned this 11 years ago at my first tournament. I gave four or five kids a ride to a field, and the other team was mad because their kids didn't get a ride to the field. And so, you know, we, we stopped doing that to the kids – because uh, yeah. you try to do something nice and it, it kind of backfired on me. So now we just limit it to the adults uh, in the group and we make sure that they get to the parking lot and back and to all fields and stuff. So we're constantly running golf carts for everybody to try to make it as easy as possible we can on them.
0: Yeah, and that, that shows the care again, also. And one thing I'll say about Rick is Rick is, he's at the tournament. He, he's there. He's, you know, the last one to leave first one there. You'll see him driving around the card. You'll see him watching games, um, talking to umpires, talking to parents, talking to coaches. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of props to you there because you, you truly care. You want to talk to these coaches and yeah. talk to the players, whoever it is. It's, uh, you're very friendly with it and, you, you you're watching the game so you when we're talking about this now you're talking about the pitchers and throwing 80 you've seen that you're yes. watching that in person and that that's the little things that you know coaches want to see and i've interviewed a couple coaches already and you know uh, matt over at ohio city baseball club who was there last year and, yeah. you know again just huge praise for you and um i interviewed clutch the other day they're coming down there this year and yeah. again your name carries a long way and the little things that you do you've built this up to something very special
1: well, that that all arose from years ago, I, w- I would take my teams to tournament and, and a situation would arise and it might not even be a major situation, it might just be a minor one. And there was nobody that I could find to talk to. Um, you know, that's one of the complaints I get from coaches. Nowadays, they go to these supposedly high level tournaments. And the only person there that they can talk to is a 16 year old kid that they hired to, to be at the field to kind of oversee it. And if there's a problem, give me a call. Well. You know, I said when I made these when I made this tournament years ago, there was certain things I was going to do. And the, and the number one thing that I said I would do is I will be there from the time the first pitch is thrown until the last outs recorded. And that makes for some long days. But, you know, I want my my teams and my coaches to understand that they've got a problem, that, that there's someone there that they can go to and, and they can find. And they don't have, they don't have to uh, search for anybody and, and not get any answers.
0: Right, and that, again, that goes such a long way with teams and the little things. So I, you know, a lot of props there. Talk about this year's tournament. Now you know, it's already loaded again. Um, any new surprises? Anything crazy that you're planning for this year, or just business as usual?
1: No, we've got some new things that we're going to do this year. We're not going to divulge them right now. We're kind of keeping them under wraps here. But we've got some. Uh, we've got some. We'll be the things.
0: second to know. After you announce it, you let us know.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll do that. After we <laughs> announce it, we'll let you guys know. But uh, okay. You know, it, it just kind of seems that every time I announce that I'm going to do something, there's other tournament organizations out there that decide they're going to do it too. So we're, we're going to keep a few things to ourselves this year and, and kind of see how that goes. And, um, but you, you asked about the surprise, some surprises. I can tell you one surprise right now. And that is the fact that here we are in the middle of October. And for the first time ever in the history of the TBS Nationals, we had an age group. Um, that filled up before the end of October.
0: Wow! And what age
1: is that? That was our ten-year-old age group. You? Wow! We, we've got twenty teams now. We are full, and we've never had that happen in the history of the Travel Ball Select Nationals. And so I am I am over the moon excited about that. The level of teams that are coming in that ten-year-old age group, and I've already got five teams that are on a waiting list. And a matter of fact. Those five teams have already told me, we'll send you our money right now, <laughs> you know, to, to get into this list. And so, you know, we don't operate that way. You know, we kind of put it out there, these teams. And and every year we, we fill up at a time. There's always a team that calls back and says, oh, man, I forgot to get in. Is there any way you can get me in? And unfortunately, I, there's not. I mean, we know the number. We know the magic number. And, and that's what it's going to be. Now, there, there could be a situation to where, you know, we decide to take – 16 teams, let's say, in the 9U division, and then we could add four more teams to, to the 10U division. We can do that. So because that, that 20 per age group is not a, a solid number. It's a floating scale. Um, it's basically 120 teams is what we can fit in there. Sure. So but right now, yeah, the 10U division is is full. Um, it filled up here a couple of days ago. And and uh, so we, we were so we were surprised that has never happened. And we are we are already over seventy teams. And I looked at my list from last year, and we didn't hit seventy teams until probably late January. Um, so we're we're three months ahead of schedule with with teams coming in, and and I I send emails to these teams daily. I'm like, listen, guys, you think I'm joking, but once we hit twenty, we're going to be full, and and I I hope that you don't miss out on this event.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that. When you first announced the dates and everything, I checked it out and I went it wasn't even a week later. And it was just top team after top team after top team. It took, you know, one week for these teams to start filing in. And that's absolutely crazy that you already have an age group filled up. But again, that shows that this tournament is the real deal. Well
1: and, and- so how we kind of do it is we kind of give the teams that were here last year, we give them about 30 days to decide whether they want to grandfather in. Then after that, we kind of go to our ranked teams. And you mentioned clutch, you know, they, they were one of the teams that once it ran its course for the teams that were there last year, we opened it up to the rest of the teams and, and clutch was one of the first ones to, to jump in and get in. And, and, uh, you know, he said he'd heard about it, um, from other coaches that had been there and, and he, he already had it on his, he, he told me he already had it on his tournament list before he even got accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he was pretty confident.
0: Yeah. He's got a, he's got a great ball. Yeah. Ball club, their nine new team or 10 year team this coming year and 11 year team this coming year. They were both ranked uh, number two, I believe in our Midwest rankings, both of those age levels. So, uh, you know, phenomenal teams. And you know, kind of want to talk about, You know, the rankings that you guys do, the videos that you guys do, it's just, it's phenomenal work. So for those of you that have not checked it out, um, you know, go check out their Facebook and, uh, what you guys do with the videos and stuff. I think it's really cool and uh, great for baseball and, uh, you know, all the effort you put into that.
1: I appreciate that. Um. You know, joining in with the the athletic sports group this past year really opened up a lot of resources and availability and some things that we wanted to be able to do at Travel Ball Select. It, it gave us the opportunity to do that. You know, before we were a little bit uh, handcuffed on, on some things that we wanted to do, not necessarily having the right, right connections in the right places. Joining up with that athletic sports group allowed us to do that. Um, and the biggest one is, as you mentioned, is the ranking show that we do. I mean, we actually go into a TV studio in Louisville, Kentucky and, and rent out some time there and we, and we do that show right there in, uh, in the studios at, at, uh, a TV station there in Louisville. So, um, you know, we've got some things no sooner than we wrapped up last year's show, That we sat down with the producers and everything at the TV show, and we've already got ideas for bigger and better for next year. So, um, they, they really enjoyed it at the TV station. You know, I was a little concerned when we went into the TV station that they was just gonna, they were gonna treat us as just another person coming in there doing something. But they all got behind the youth baseball rankings and they thought it was such a great idea and a neat project for them guys to work on. So once we were done, I mean, it wasn't five minutes after we were done filming. That uh, a couple of the guys said, Hey, you know, how would you feel about, you know, doing this for next year? Because it's going to add, you know, with graphics and designs and and everything else. And so I was fortunate enough with that uh, to transpire. And then we have our podcast, which is the lineup that we do every Monday night, uh, seven o'clock. And we do it live from our studios right there in Louisville at our home office. Um, that was a project that I wanted to get going, you know, years and years ago, but it's always put on the back burner. And and now we've got the resources to be able to do that and and everybody seemed to enjoy it. Uh, They like the fact, you know, we kind of combine youth baseball with college baseball and high school and pros and able to kind of connect it all back into the youth, the youth market, um, you know, kind of a full circle type of, of way. So you know, we're excited about getting that back, uh, going again in 2022. That'll probably debut probably sometime in, in February. We'll, we'll get that kicked off back, uh, for the year.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I, I, I know I watch every single week, um, all the videos you guys put out, the ranking videos. If you haven't gone and checked them out, go check them out on the Facebook, uh, phenomenally done. You could tell they're in a professional studio. You look like, uh, Ernie and Charles Barkley working in the TNT studios over there or something. You guys do a great job with that. <laughs> so, you know, one more question I got for you here. Sure. What's kind of one moment that sticks with you that comes to mind um, when running these tournaments? You know, whether it's a play you saw, a player you saw that was special or a team win, whatever whatever it may be. What's kind of one moment that, you know, really makes you wake up and love this job that you do?
1: Uh Man, I tell you, I, over 11 years of running this event, I I've had a lot of uh a, a lot of things that have stuck out in my mind. Um, you know, many many former major league baseball players have have walked through the gates of the Travel Ball Select Nationals, uh, bringing their teams. Um, probably the the one moment that stuck out to me was uh former Milwaukee Brewer, Atlanta Brave Ben Sheets brought his team to Atlanta one year and they had a rough day. He played two games. He played late at night. He was actually the last two games on the field. And they got beat uh pretty pretty soundly in both games. And you know, being a coach and you've been involved in baseball, after you've taken a, a pretty good beating for two games, you just want to get home, get in the shower regroup and come back for tomorrow right right well i was up in the tower and i looked down on the field and i see ben sheets standing on the field playing wiffle ball with five or six random kids from other teams not his own team there was a couple from his own team out there but there was five or six other kids from random teams and he's out there playing wiffle ball with these kids after he just suffered probably two, two bad losses, um, and and that kind of restored my my faith in youth baseball and, and these guys doing, you know what's right for the kids. So that that's probably a moment that sticks out to me. What Ben Sheets did, um, so he signed autographs afterwards too. and I actually went down there and talked to him. And I'm like, hey Ben, you know if these guys are are bothering you, let me know. We'll we'll take care of them. And he says, Rick, absolutely not. I mean listen, if it wasn't for these kids, you know, we wouldn't have a job. And he went through this big spiel. So that was probably the one moment that probably sticks out to me, the, uh, the selflessness um, or the unselflessness, I guess is a better word, of Ben Sheets and, and what he did for those kids that night.
0: Well, that's phenomenal. That's a great answer. And that's what it's all about. It's about the kids at the end of the day. And that's why, you know, your tournament comes at the highest recommendation. And uh, for all those who have not checked it out, make sure you check out this tournament. Uh, go check out the website, check out the Facebook. This is the best of the best. It's one of the best tournaments in the country, if not the best tournament in the country. Comes at our highest recommendation. Everything from the work you guys put in, the teams that are coming, the complex, the, the umpires. I, I didn't even talk about that. The umpires were the best I've seen last year, um, at any tournament. So even those little things, um, this comes at our highest recommendation and we look forward to, you know, getting back out there again this year. Uh, Rick, I appreciate you hopping on. And like I said, this is, I can't wait to talk more when we get closer and, you know, talk as much as we can about this tournament because it's going to be another special one this year.
1: Well, sure. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on and, and good luck with uh, what you do there in the Midwest.
0: Thanks, Rick. Again, go check out TBS National Tournament coming up, and it's going to be a Danny one. I promise you that. All right. Thanks again, Rick Goff coming on. TBS Travel Ball Select. We appreciate you hopping on, talking about the tournament. Rick's a good guy. Uh, great for the game of baseball travel baseball in the Midwest and the entire country what he's what he's done is a fantastic job and he's been in this game for a while and Rick knows how how things work and he does a great job with what he's got going on again go check them out their videos are great their rankings are great they do a great job over there everything that they do excited to get down and talk to you down in uh, Elizabethtown Kentucky over in June can't wait. Can't wait to see you over there, Rick. We appreciate you hopping on again. We'll definitely have you on again before the tournament. Want to talk a little, little more when the field is completely set. Again, it's already loaded, but it's uh, quite stacked. And uh, excited to see the final turnout. And can't wait to talk to you in person. I think next week we'll dive into bullpen select, uh, super select tournament over in Indy. That's <laughs> uh, you talking about early season top tournament. This is the one for the Midwest. I think it's uh you're getting a true test right out the bat early in the season. You've got top teams from the Midwest every single year. It's absolutely loaded fielder. Again, it's a, uh, it's a tough one. You start the season out, you know, going over to Indy early on in the year. It's a little bit cold, may get some good weather, but uh, you're getting the top teams each and every game. They got a great format too. And uh, it's a, uh, it's going to be a heck of a tournament. So I think we'll dive into that maybe next week or the week after once more teams are filling in. But that one's, getting, that one's filling up pretty quickly. So for those teams that are looking to, you know, hop in there, you might not want to wait too long. I saw a couple of the older age divisions are already uh, looks like close to book. I don't know how many of those those 13U and uh, 12U divisions take, but there was quite a few teams there. Even over in 11U, I think there was about 15, 20 teams, somewhere around there. So, you know, for those of you that are looking for that early season tough test, that's the place to be. Super select over in Indy. Always going to be one of the top tournaments in the entire Midwest. And quite frankly, you know, I I just talked at the beginning of the year, but, you know, throughout the whole year, that's really one of the best tournaments you're going to get in the Midwest. So definitely go check that out. Bullpen always does a fantastic job with their tournaments, too. So that's that's where you want to be at at the beginning of the year. And guys, let us know of top tournaments that you're looking at. Top tournaments that, you know, you already see teams that are joining and it it looks pretty good. We want to know. We want to be at these tournaments. And we're going to be at tournaments each and every single weekend, whether it's myself or whether it's a representative of the company of Midwest Baseball Ranks. We're going to be at tournaments every single weekend. We want to know where you guys are going. We want to make sure that we are there. We want to see you guys play. All these top teams, we want to see you guys play. These middle tier teams that are trying to get in the rankings, we want to see you play. Okay, we want to watch everyone play. We're going to do our best to get to each and every tournament that we're able to every single weekend. We will be at a tournament every single weekend. I can promise you that. Watching you guys. So let us know where you're going. Shoot us a, shoot us a message. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Whatever it may be. Just let us know what you're thinking about. Or if you guys want information on where other teams are going, let us know. Because we're we're talking to a lot of organizations right now, a lot of different teams, and talking about tournaments and then talking about where they're going to be at and, you know, uh. Team A, team B, team C is gonna be there. So this is a tournament that we're really trying to build. I mean, can you throw it out there? Whatever it may be, we wanna make sure we're all communicating together to get to these top tournaments. Spreading the word, okay, because we we wanna we all wanna play the best. You know, for the most part, every team wants to play the best. So let, let's work together to get to these top tournaments. Let's let's communicate with one another. And you know, that's that's what I'm here for. That's what, you know, Midwest Baseball Ranks is here for. We're trying to communicate, trying to get as much exposure to these kids, to these programs, to these teams, everybody involved. And, you know, it's it's our job to communicate these top tournaments. Like we did with Mike over with uh, Oak Forest Baseball, with the Gold Glove Classic. You know, we partnered up on, I don't know, making this work, making this a top tournament. And, you know, not that Mike couldn't have done it alone because Mike does a great job over there, and he gets these top teams also for this tournament. But, you know, working together, we kind of saw a, a vision here that, you know, let's get some more pub for this tournament. You know, let's get some more pub for these kids, for these teams, these organizations, everybody involved. And it, it's it's a lot of hard work. So that's what, um, you know, that's what kind of I'm here for. That's what we're here for, which we're trying to do. Again, uh, you know, that's another tournament, too. It's, that one's real close to filling up. It's, uh, you guys are on your last legs there, so make sure you go check that one out. Uh, go Glove Classic over at Oak Forest Illinois. Mike Stralo Guest last week, really Really appreciated that one. I know you guys all enjoyed that one and uh, all the other guests last week. So definitely a good one. All right, let's hop into another topic here. With with the podcast each and every week, I do want to give a special shout-out to our Players of the Week. We're going to be doing it each and every week throughout the entire season. A little bit during the winter, you guys got some winter tournaments. We've been doing it in the fall so far, but once that season gets started, we're going to have a Player of the Week each and every week. Uh, You guys are going to get a swag bag in the mail. You know, some some gear for you, some fun stuff. You know, you guys deserve it, putting in all that hard work. You guys have a good game. You have a good weekend. Make sure you let us know. Tag us and stuff. Send it to us, whatever it may be. Make sure you let us know. You never know. You just may have one good game. Don't feel discouraged about sending that to us. It might just be one home run or, you know, three perfect innings that you pitched, whatever it may be. We're going to look at little things, okay? We want to make sure that you guys are getting the pub that you deserve. So, you know, last week was our first episode, so we haven't been able to go to the Players Week, but each and every week we're moving forward, we're going to go over the Player of the Week, give them their special shout-out that they deserve. Let's start with the Week 1s. We had two players of the week, Week 1 during the fall. I got Mason Needham out of uh, top-tier Michigan, big grand slam and their big win. Congrats, Mason. Along with that, we had Jack Nakanishi out of the Dunham Bowls over in Illinois, had a heck of a weekend in Week 1 with... uh, Four games going seven for seven with seven RBIs, triple sevens. Good job, Jack. Uh, week two we had uh, Dylan Radar from Geneva Blue. He had a three-run bomb, and uh, I saw a video video of him swinging that bat. Heck of a heck of a swing over there. So, three-run bomb and a nine-seven win. Week two. Over week three, we had uh, Mira Ramirez, stopper's baseball out of Illinois. She uh, she had a heck of a weekend over in the tournament in Iowa 7-13, with uh, five runs bunch of stolen bases good job Mia week four we had Braden Ngoita from top tier Navy over in Illinois pitched uh three and a three and a third no hits no runs couple K's week five we had uh, Brandon Carlson out of Naperville Renegades uh two home runs. On the weekend with five RBIs, also threw a complete game with 11 Ks on the mound. Second place finish for uh, the Fall League over in the 11 12 U division with uh, Oak Forest Baseball over there. Shout out to Mike Stralo. So, congrats to everyone. And uh, we have the new one for this week, for week six, out of uh, Team Chicago, David Dones. He uh, had a heck of a fall season. Bad 720. for the final stats for the weekend for their playoffs playoffs which they uh, ended up winning the championship you batted 400 seven stolen bases was 2-0 on the mound Four innings pitch was 7k so congrats david you uh are the newest player of the week midwest baseball Ranks player of the week we're going to talk about it each and every week we're going to have teams of the week we're going to be talking about them on the podcast too you're you can name team of the week we'd love to for you to hop on the pod, talk about the team, talk about the big win that you had, big tournament win that you had, whatever it may be. But we want to make sure we give you the recognition that you deserve. So make sure you guys are submitting to us. Send us an email. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Shoot us a Facebook message, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be, it's up to you. Just make sure, make sure you're tagging us. Trust me, I guarantee you we're looking at it all too. So don't think, you know, you send us a little message, it's not going to go unread. red. We will be reading it all. That I can promise you. Next week we're going to get into some juicy stuff, the stuff that everyone likes talking about. Some rankings here, you know. As most of you guys have seen, we did come out with our final rankings for state rankings and our Midwest rankings for the end of the year for 2021. We're going to dive into each and every single state, and we're going to start it off next week. And we're going to start it off with uh, we're going to start it off with Michigan. Michigan is. Just a, a loaded state, you know. Arguably, top to bottom, possibly the best in the Midwest. I don't want to throw anything crazy out there, but just loaded team. Uh, it's stacked, you know. You got from one to ten in each of those age categories. You know, they at any given day, any team could beat anybody. So it's I'm excited to dive into that. We're going to talk about talk about the different teams and the years that they had. We're going to have a, a couple guests on from Michigan. Looking forward to those. We're going to talk about their programs and, you know, everything that they've done, you know, the teams that they beat, some uh, some things for the resumes, but uh, excited to dive into that. So we'll go state by state each and every single episode. You know, we're going to continue this throughout the entire season. So I'm excited to dive into our first, uh, our state rankings, you know, as you guys can go check them out on MidwestBaseballRanks.com, you know, more than welcome to go check out those rankings. They have been released already. So, if, you know, you're not spoiling anything if uh, – if if you don't want to go check them out, you want it to be a surprise to you next week. Even even better, we'll do some unveiling. Uh, it's a uh, some release in there, and uh, can't wait to dive into that. I'm I'm real excited. There's a couple of age divisions over there that are just uh, just tough, just tough baseball. You know, from like I said, one to ten. You know, any given day at a tournament, state tournament, whatever, local tournament, whatever it may be, you're, you're going to see these teams there. So excited to dive into Michigan uh, with some with some good guests over from. From Michigan really real excited for that one can't wait for that and uh, after we complete all the state rankings we're going to dive into the Midwest rankings too which you know th- those those aren't easy these are these are some heck of heck of teams man it's uh it's the best of the best there truly is and that's why we we rank 50 of them for each and every age level and it's uh they're not easy to do these are these are these are good baseball clubs so looking forward to dive into those and like I said, while we're on the website talk, if you haven't gone check us out, Midwest We got we got plenty over there. We got state rankings, Midwest rankings. We got some team profiles and we're trying to build up. Make sure you send us your information, okay? Make sure we're we're putting you in the on the website. You know, this is all for you guys. We got player profiles coming soon. Trying to build that up right now. We're working on that. We uh we're gonna be traveling the Midwest this off season. We wanna come see your program, so you know we got we got some lined up already we uh we want to get more on the schedule so reach out to us let us know hey we'd love for you to come down to our program we'll come check you out do some tests there we'll put some videos together we uh we got a lot of content coming here check out the store go buy a t-shirt buy a hoodie support the brand they're pretty cool looking too i got mine on right now got a, got a nice little midwest baseball rings t-shirt looks looks nice fits good go buyers now players of the week also can be found on there and this is the biggest one right here the contact us button contact us we want to talk to you we want to talk to the coaches everyone i've discussed this before please reach out to us because we're trying to you know talk to as many people as possible here and trying to grow this and can't do that without you so make sure you reach out to us i appreciate and thank all of you that have reached out to to us already it's uh it's helping a lot but the more the better and you know, this is this is one big community, one big family. And, you know, you talk to one coach and he's introducing you to another coach. And that's what it's all about. And there's a couple people that have already done that. It's uh, something to me that's, uh, you know, pretty special. I'm going to give a special shout out over to uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew Meyer out of um, out of uh, Michigan introduced me to. Uh, a guy over in Ohio introduced me to Nate Smith from uh, Upper Arlington just you know they become friends because of baseball they didn't know each other and you know they met by playing one another and they became friends and now you know I met Andrew Andrew introduced me to Nate and you know it's just one big family like I said continue to you know pass contact information along we're all in this together everybody wants to grow this travel baseball game and we our own is to grow the Midwest and you know get as much exposure. We wanna, we wanna, we wanna be up there with the South. And you know, again, our level of baseball is just as good as teams in the South or teams in the West Coast. It's just we haven't always gotten the same pub. So this is what we're here for. So continue to spread our name as much as possible and we'll do that for for everyone else involved. So pass along any information on us. Coming up next, I got Andrew Meyer over from MC Nine Motor City Nine out of Michigan. Andrew, head coach of the nine U team last year, going to be ten U this coming year. Great conversation about how he's prepared his team to play this uh, top level baseball. Playing eight U twice really really helped this team out a lot. And uh, looking forward to uh, you guys getting to hear this interview. It's a uh, it's a good one. Talk about having fun. That's what it's all about. It's all about these kids having fun and celebrating success and enjoying these moments and taking it all in. So with that being said, let's hop right into it. Let's go, Andrew. Here we go. All right, welcome back, everybody. I got Andrew Meyer from Motor City 9 out of Michigan. Andrew, appreciate you hopping on the call with us here.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: No, no problem, Andrew. And, uh, head coach of uh, the 9U team last year going to be 10U, correct?
2: Yes, sir. Yep.
0: heck of a a season you guys had last year and you know kind of talk about your young team and i'm glad i had you on right now because you know next week we're going to dive into the michigan ranking so this is kind of a a good intro into it and uh you know we haven't had a a younger team guest so far so this is i'm really looking forward to this and you know talk about this young program you got and what you guys are building over there
2: yeah so you know we uh we're actually pretty fortunate. We, we come from an organization. We're a young organization. Uh, is st- originally started by Jason Crane. Jason Crane is the, uh, actually the head coach at Alma College now. Um, and now it's run by Jeff Ryan. Jeff Ryan's former professional player. He played for Nebraska for a long time. So, um, there. So we're, we're really fortunate. We're young i think we're going on our fifth year as an organization total we started off with two teams we're up to 14 teams now um so jeff's doing some really nice stuff for us um as far as my team in particular yeah we're we were young when we started we actually did two years of 8u uh because we played up our first year um and and everything and we've just kind of kept the boys together with you know a couple of subtraction subtractions a couple of additions but uh, overall, you know, these, these kids are dedicated to the game. They love the game. They love each other. We, we hang out with each other outside of baseball, you know, um, watch football together. You know, I go to their other sporting events and everything. It's it's kind of one big happy family, and it's nice. You know, my, my wife always kind of makes fun of me like, hey, man, you're spending a lot of time at baseball and stuff. What about your family? Well, you know. Unfortunately, I have two families, you know, and, and fortunately, my wife is, is part of that baseball family, too. So, um, so it's it's good. It's it's really fun.
0: Oh, I love it. And that's what it's all about, you know, creating that family culture. And that's what you guys are doing over there. And I love the fact that you guys mentioned you guys played eight U twice. You know, how much of that helped prepare you guys for, you know, last year when they had nine U?
2: Tr- uh, huge. You know, I mean... We had a really good eight U year as well. Um, our eight U year, I think we only lost four games. Our our second eight U year, man. That first year we took some lumps, man. You know, we played. You know, and you know, the state of Michigan's loaded. You know, like we're we're so deep at multiple age groups. Like we played that Hawks Gold LC team as a first year eight U team. Wow. That that was not a fun game for us. You know, and we had our horse going, and they. Beat us 16 to nothing without even thinking about it, you know, and that was a real eye opener to not just me, not just our parent, our players, but our parents as well of, okay, this is a whole nother level. This isn't Little League Baseball anymore. And that's not a knock on Little League Baseball either. I mean, Michigan is loaded in Little League Baseball. We... You know, obviously Taylor North just won it. That's that's only a couple miles from where we're at here. You know, Plymouth Canton Little League here run by Jeff Holt's a really good organization too. I mean, it's we have some good baseball all the way around from the from the lower end all the way up. But man, that, that having two years of eight U baseball of, of just understanding real baseball was huge for us when when we start going forward. now these kids, you know, some teams are just starting off at ten U right now. Right. we're already on our fourth year yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's that's huge and you mentioned playing that Hawks school team that that must have been uh
0: you know an idea for you but, but that's uh, that's a great experience yeah, you got your butts Wolves, but i mean that's a phenomenal team that you guys want and, and and gave it your all you tried and you, yeah. you guys you know did everything you could yeah
2: and i'll tell you man jim elsie's Coach Elsie's a great dude. He's he's a really good guy and he understood that we were a first year AU team and he didn't throw his top guys at us and stuff and he was very respectful of of the fact that we were a first year team and we were going to be young and everything but uh, yeah, playing a team like that was an eye opener. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you you talk about Michigan being a loaded seven. It truly is. It's one of the top, uh, you know, probably in the entire country, just top to bottom. You got teams ranked 1 to 10 that can go any way on any given day. So, you know, talk about how you guys are able to compete. You know, you got Motor City Hit Dogs, right? I assume it's, you know, pretty close to you guys, too. So talk about how you guys are able to compete with these other top two teams in Michigan.
2: Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Obviously, um, Motor City Hit Dogs, I mean, that's national brand. They have, you know, they got locations in Arizona. You know, like they're they're a big-time ball club. And then we have D-backs Elite that's right down the street from us as well, that they're a national organization. You know, we have... We have Bloomfield Sting. We have the, the River Dogs, which, you know, Chad Gallin, Coach Gallin up, up, up in Saginaw, you know, that, he's a great dude. He runs a good program up there. Um, the Head Dogs just got another facility about 10 minutes down the street from my house. So, you know, it is tough. You know, it's it, – but I think – the difference between what we have, which we consider ourselves a smaller organization. You know, we're new. We're only five years in, four years in. We're a smaller organization to some of these guys. But I think the family atmosphere that, that we're able to provide, Jeff, Jeff's son is on my team. He's His, his kid is a very... Jackson is a very good baseball player. I, I feel like all of our players are very good baseball players. But Jeff's son's on my team. So, like, we we see Jeff almost every weekend because he's with our team because his son's on our team, but that doesn't stop Jeff from going to other games within the organization. And he makes his rounds and he goes to these games and he's at the practices and he's, he's engaged with the coaches. You know, I probably get more, co- more, te- sorry to say this, Jeff, but I probably get more texts from Jeff on our coaches strand than I do any other, any other, any other person and that includes work, you know? So, um, I just think that our ability to keep everything as close knit family atmosphere has really, has really propelled us. And I mean, we have great parents and I I'll say this a million times throughout this interview. Our parents are, our parents are top notch. I'm not knocking any other team's parents, but I just, I just have a special place in my heart for, for our parents on our team and the dedication that they have and, and, and we have many multi-sport athletes on our team, and and they are dedicated to those teams as well. So I just think that that's really what it comes down to. It, it boils down to our parents, the family atmosphere, and we just build from there.
0: Right, and that, that's it's huge when you're building a program, especially you know when you're competing against these other top programs. So you guys have that family feel. You're going to come in, and, and you're going to at home right away and I, that's important especially at this young age
2: yeah so being
0: able to do that I think goes a long way and that it just shows you know the product they put on the field where it's coming from and I uh, I appreciate you saying that I think it's I think it's pretty cool what you guys are building over there
2: thanks yeah
0: so you know talk about last season how to go um you know some ups and downs you guys played pretty pretty competitive schedule finished pretty good record and uh you know talk about how the season went
2: yeah, you know, we were really thrilled with our season. Honestly, you know, we had some pretty high expectations coming into the year in the first place. At least the coaches did, uh, and everything. And, and we felt that we were going to compete in, in a majority of the games that we played in. Uh, we felt that. So we were going to have to go out of state every once in a while as well to go kind of seek out those other top teams out of state like the upper Arlington's and, and the Ohio elites and, and those types of teams. And we did uh, team Ohio. We played uh, last year, all really great, great ball clubs. Um, you know, it, I, I felt that, you know, every, every team's got their downs, right? I mean, this is a game of failures, right? I mean, you know, you're going to fail more than you're going to succeed in baseball and that's just a that's a that's just a known fact right you know as a tigers fan I'm going to throw out some stats here for all those kids out there that think that you got to go up there and hit home runs or get on base every time okay ty Cobb is one of the best hitters ever to play in the game ty Cobb's career career batting average was 367 that means he failed 63% of the time Okay, that's Ty Cobb that we're talking about. Miguel Cabrera, one of the greatest hitters to ever play the game, won the triple crown. His triple crown year, he hit three thirty. Wow. Okay? So and that's that means that he had the best batting average that year. Right? Like It's a game of failures. So when we look back at the year that we had, we had some really great wins. We played some really good teams. You know, even those middle tier teams that are considered middle tier, I guess, but in our eyes, they're really not like the legends and black ops and legacy, you know, any given game, they could have popped us and legacy did, you know, it's it's a game that we should not have lost, but credit to them. They came out, they played a flawless game. And they got us, and that's okay. It was fine. We we had no hurt feelings about it. Our our kids were a little upset there for a little bit, and I felt bad for the next couple of teams that we played for because they came out and showed that they were upset about it. But that's that's really what it's about. And we learned that we had to be resilient, and that's 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 probably the biggest takeaway that we got from the season is is the is is the kids learning that they can overcome their failures and become resilient to the fact that they're gonna lose and that's okay. And they're gonna fail and that's okay. It's about how quickly you can pick yourself up. It's a mental
0: game. And I I think that all comes back to playing double Eight you for you guys. You, like I said, if you guys you know play seven you um, and then go into eight you, you're probably riding high, riding high, and you haven't been kicked down like mm-hmm. like you did. So I think that's what has a huge factor in it. You guys got your butt whooped a little a little bit when you guys were playing up, playing these top teams at another a whole whole year older than you, and, and I think that's what's building the program right now, building this team up. And uh, you know, anytime you lose a game, you can just think back on that Hawks Gold game yeah. and say, hey, hey, these. That, that
2: game's gone, so we're out in the next one. <laughs> and it's it's funny that you say that because l- this past year, you know. There were some times where even as a coach, we get caught up in the game too much and we start getting frustrated and we start second guessing ourselves and stuff like that. And there was one point in the season where I sat down with the boys and, you know, half the team is still around from that first 8U year. You know, so we've kept we've kept a good amount of the boys um, on the team and they've just kind of keep kept on coming out. But I, I sat down and I, I chatted with those those couple kids. And I'm like, hey, guys, you remember our first year of 8U? You remember how often we just got absolutely crushed? You remember that? Have we ever gotten absolutely crushed after that? And all the boys like, no, we haven't. You're right. We've only lost by at most five runs in a five-run game in nine-new baseball. That's nothing. That's that's, that's one inning. That's nothing. we come back from that. You know, and they, they all just kind of sat there and was like, yeah, coach you're right you know that's not so bad
0: yeah no i agree and that's that's what it's all about moving on to the next game and and forgetting forgetting the past and yeah. you know it sounds like you, you guys got a you know a bunch of good kids that are able to forget about it and move on to the next one and I, again i think that's why you guys are so successful okay. um talk about this coming year any you know big pickups for you guys any any new new one on the team any top tournaments you guys are going to what, what do you guys got going on for this coming year
2: yeah man, we're we're pumped about this coming year we actually start our practice we shut it down we're 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 not like some of the other teams that continue to kind of practice even after the season and do even just one day a week we shut it down I think it's so important for the kids arms especially at this age just to shut it down you know go play football, go play soccer, go play hockey. I don't really care. Go do something else. You know, I got a couple kids that play fall ball still, but it's, it's low level and, and they're just out there kind of having fun type thing and, and stuff. But, you know, this year we're, we're excited. We're starting back up, uh, here at the beginning of November, we have our own indoor facility. So that's, that's kind of a huge benefit to us and stuff. But, uh, you know, we're going to be going to Grand Park a couple of times. Uh, we're going down to Pigeon Forge once. Uh, we're going to play, uh, we're trying to get something together with uh, with Upper Arlington. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach Nate Smith over there, he's trying to hook us up with, you know, three, four round robin type games down there where we can go down a weekend, stay one night and come back home uh, type of thing. Uh, we're playing all open tournaments this year. So we're playing only the top talent. And quite frankly, if we don't feel like the top talent is even in the open tournament, then we're going to go up and play 11U. So this, this coming off season, we're going to be training at 11U so that we're ready to play if we need to, because of the difference of base path and the difference of the pitching mound there. Um, but man, we're, we're super pumped. You know, we, we, we picked up, we picked up four really solid players this year all coming from, from big time programs that, that came over and, and saw us and, and wanted to be part of, of something special is like what we say, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, although we picked up four really solid players and, and, um, unfortunately lost a couple of players, uh, there. Um, we, it, Our team is definitely a a we is greater than me type situation. You know, we we feel like we top to bottom, one through 11, um, we can compete with anybody. And we do feel like, you know, three or four of the kids are top 10 players in the state of Michigan at our age level. But we don't actually treat them like that. We treat them like every other kid on our team. It's we is greater than me. The the kids, it's a brotherhood. You know, we love each other and, and we go at it. But, man, we are... We are pumped about our team. Our coaches are excited. The organization's excited. We really feel like we're going to do some special stuff this year.
0: No, I love it. And I'm glad you mentioned the fact of, you know, you want to play the best. And I I think most teams are like that. But – for those teams that aren't, you know, we recommend and you guys could do whatever you want at the end of the day, but you know, play the best. It doesn't matter if you're 40 and 2 at the end of the year. I'd rather be I'd rather see when I'm looking at a team and ranking a team whatever that may be, I'd rather see a team go 30 and 15 or 30 and 20 and but they played the top competition. Yep. They played in the top tournaments. So, you know, the fact that you said you guys are going to these top tournaments playing these top teams and, uh, you know, if, if, if that term you want to go to, it's not working out and the top teams aren't joining, you're going to go ahead and play up. Yeah, 100 percent. You
2: know, I just don't think, you know, I don't think it's it's worth the time. No offense, but I don't think certain certain games are even worth playing. And it's not even a knock. It's not a knock. Towards the other team, it's not not towards us. It's not beneficial for either team. You know, it, it, it's it's not good for the other kids' morales on the other team to to lose thirty to one. You know, like and it's not it's not beneficial to our team to win thirty to one. Like we want to be in those tight games. Now, with that being said, they're ten. A couple of my kids are nine. On my team, playing up, like they need to have fun too. Yo, know, it can't be all about winning or losing. I get that and stuff, but there is an aspect of, of, Hey man, I got a ring out of this tournament, you know, and for a nine, 10 year old, that's huge for them. But let's be honest, these kids aren't going to remember their wins or losses. They're not. No, no. What they remember. Yes. What they remember is the coaches and, And they remember the, the team outings and they remember staying at the hotel with their buddies and they remember the pool and the pizza parties. They, they, I, I have no idea as a Little League player how many times we won or lost. No clue but I do remember my coaches and I still stay in contact with my coaches and we still joke around with each other about what happened on the field and stuff. That's what they remember, you know, but our, our duty as coaches and our, our, our obligation as parents is to put our kids in the best position to succeed, but not just succeed on the baseball field, succeed in life. And part of life is losing and, and how to take that loss. So there's no better game and, in my mind, the baseball, to, to teach that.
0: Right. I think you nailed it. It's, it's important for these kids to get these big wins, these championships, and the rings and everything at this age. You know, it's good for them. And, you know, they're not going to remember this in 20 years in mm-hmm. their marriage. But, you, like you said, they are going to remember the time they, um, you know, pulled the fire alarm at the hotel. Or the <laughs> time they got yelled at by the front desk. Or, um, oh. You know those little type of things they go a long way. So I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. I think yeah, I think you nailed it with that one. So you know, excited to see what you guys got going on this season. Uh, Pigeon Forge I've heard great things. I haven't been down there yet, but that's that's going to be a phenomenal experience yeah. for you
2: guys. Yeah, we're we're excited about that. And it's Father's Day weekend that we're going down there too. So we're we're really excited. It's the last week of school for a majority of our kids. It's Father's Day weekend, so we're we're pretty pumped up about that.
0: Nice kick off the summer the right way. Yeah, that's
2: awesome. that's yeah. Good.
0: And you talk about going over by Upper Arlington. Uh, Nate, he's he's actually got an interview with him coming on the pod next week. And, um, you know, he talked about those round robin type of things. And he's going to, you know, try to put those on. And you guys mm-hmm. are going to hop over there. And, you know, it's something we would love to get down to, too. So it sounds like you guys are going to bring in the top competition from, you know, Ohio, maybe some from your area, whatever you can get. But, again, it's it's about playing the best for that weekend. And, um, again, we talked about you may go 0-3, but you're, you know you're playing the best that
2: weekend. Right. 100%. They go 3-0, but it doesn't
0: matter.
2: Absolutely. And they're phenomenal games. Like, Nato, Nato, tell you, man. Me and... When we played, we played twice in Dayton and Ohio Elite Invitational. And they... We had a lead on them both games, and they walked us off both games. You know, and it, it's just one of those things where... But that's how even the games were. And even though we lost, dude, we had so much fun doing it. It was just... It was a blast, and our kids were upset for a little bit, but I'm like, guys, that's the number one, number two team in Ohio. At the time, we were only ranked the number seven, eight team in Ohio, or in Michigan. Like, that's a huge accomplishment for us.
0: Right. No, we had we had them ranked number two in the final rankings, and uh, I think you guys, yeah, we had you guys number four in the final rankings, yeah. so I mean... Anytime you guys can get together and play those type of tournaments, those are going to be battles. And yeah. Win or lose, you know you're coming out with with competition, and you're teaching the kids how to compete each right. and
2: every weekend. I think it's important. right, right, and it's so fun playing. The the other thing that gets lost here it's it's so fun playing teams that are coached right, that have supportive parents on the sidelines. You know, there was time. I mean that that Upper Arlington group. I can't, I honestly, I can't say. More about them. That's the same with the high elite groups, you know, the the upper Arlington group, even the parents, you know, they were, they were clapping for us at the end of the day, end of the game. They were telling us good game. You know, our parents were telling them good game. Like it was just, it was just one of those things that, you know, it was, it was really fun. It was a good atmosphere. So,
0: that's awesome! I, I can't wait to see that. And like I said, we're gonna try to get down for one of those. So hopefully, make it work when you guys are down there. It would be awesome to see you guys yeah. over there. And you know, so that kind of brings me to the next topic I got here for you. Um, I, again, I'm glad I had you on because you you know nine you you just went through it. Gonna be ten you. We talk about travel baseball, the craziness, all the, the nonsense that goes into it, too, and a lot of great things, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of talk about, you know, what travel baseball may need more of, or, you know, what's something we need to fix? It's, uh you know, any, anything that you think that, you know, we need to take another step on.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I have a couple of things here. <laughs> you know, all ears. <laughs> Let's let's try to be nicer to the umpires. There's already a short of shortage of umpires. You know, there's already a short. These guys, you know, some of these guys are 16, 17 years old. You know, we all get bet- heated. We all get upset and stuff. Everybody makes a back. It's not a computer back there. You know, I've I've gotten into it with an umpire before, and then my wife kind of pulled me off to the side after the game it was like, "What, dude? He's." 20 years old, you're 32, like, why are you, why are you coming at him, (laughs) you know, so, you know, in all seriousness, they're doing the best they can, they're sometimes thrown into a situation where they're umping five, six games in a day, where they start off at six o'clock in the morning, and they're going till you know, 12 o'clock at night, you know, so, like, let's, let's try to lay off those guys a little bit, but.
0: Not just at this age too. I was. I, I think it was the Astros game the other. Yes. Uh, there was 17 missed strike calls. or yes. 27,
2: whatever it may be. So right. You're not even getting that many at, at this age. Right. So let's be nicer with well, that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. The other thing, you know, especially in the younger age group, and I'm not trying to say that that parents are an issue or anything like that, or or coaches or anything, but I think we need to kind of. Taper our expectations here. You know, these kids are 9, 10, 11 years old. These kids are out there. Like I said, it's a game of failures. And, and like on your, your other podcasts and stuff like that, you know, other coaches have said it's a game of failures. They're going to fail. It's okay to fail. You know, we just got to, we got to tame how hard we're going at these guys because if you push them too much at home, on the field, whatever, they're going to lose their love for the game. And that's the last thing as a coach, I would want to happen is for a kid to ever lose his love of the game. And, and I'm guilty of it, right? I'm a dad coach. You know, I, I don't get paid to do this. I can tell you right now that the top teams in Michigan, they're all dad coaches. All of them. Okay. That none of them get paid. We might get a little bit of a reduction on our, on our on our fees for our own kid but we're not coming out of this with any money so when i say that my son's on the team and it's hard to switch that off it's hard to switch off coach dad when you're arguably a top team in the state right and there's expectations that you have to have and stuff and I kind of adopted this. I, I actually got it from the Zoned Academy. I think they're out in Pennsylvania. I think is where they are. New Jersey. Um, there you see him on Facebook all the time. And he was talking about he's a he's a dad coach as well. And. He was talking about how he handles that situation. So like my son, I don't really ever coach my son. He's got a hitting coach. He's got a fielding coach. He's got a pitching coach. I have another coach work with him with, with, uh, with catching and stuff like that. My father-in-law is actually on my coaching staff as well. I don't even let him coach him because, because we're too connected to him, right? Like, we can get so hard on them and not realize, and you see those TikToks now of, of like, hey, this is how a coach treats their other players. But then when the dad comes out of them, when it's their kid, hey, Johnny, why aren't you feeling this? You know, we're but driving the ball, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, we're throwing lob balls to the other kids, and all of a sudden, we're throwing 90 mile an hour gas at our kid, asking him why he's following it off, right? So, but so one thing that I adopted was the hat rule. And, you know, it's one of those things where if I, if my hat's on, I'm coach. Okay. My son knows I'm coach. All right. He knows I'm going to come after him. Like, I'm like, he's a player of mine. If my hat's off, I'm going out there and just loving them. I'm just a dad at that point. And he knows that. and he He understands it. And I think that's just kind of the mentality that we need to take with these younger kids. It's already hard enough, man. They're on an island. They're pitching. It's the bottom of the sixth inning. There's two outs. And they're only winning by a run with bases loaded. That's tough on a kid. Like that, the mental wear and tear that goes through these guys. And it's not just tough on the pitcher, it's tough on the hitter. He doesn't want to strike out. You know, he, you get, you yell all the time, and I'm sure everybody's guilty of it. Hey, Johnny, throw strikes. Oh, yeah. Thanks, coach. Like I'm trying to do something else. You know, hey, 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 Bobby, why didn't you swing at that? That was clearly a strike. Yeah, no, you're right. I I should have swung at that. Thanks for reminding me. You know, like, just let them play the game, you know, and that goes with parents and everybody. I I actually have my parents read the Matheny Manifesto. Um, There, Mike Matheny uh, wrote a letter to his parents when he was coaching his his son's Little League team and, and basically outlined, like, hey, this is how we do business here. You're not... The only thing that comes out of your word, your mouth when, when you're on the sidelines with me is words of encouragement for your kid because I'm going to come down on him. I'm going to be hard on him. Let me be hard on him. He's got to be able to have an outlet or she's got to be able to have an outlet for our softball players. And quite frankly, we have a girl baseball player in our organization at 11U, so we're super pumped about that. She's a, she's a beast too. But we uh, – um, we have to we have to make sure that they have an outlet to take their frustrations to. If they're scared that they're going to get yelled at in the car on the way home, they're not going to have anywhere to go with their frustration. That's just going to build up inside them, and it's going to teach them to learn to hate the game.
0: Right. I couldn't agree more. And a couple things you said. You know, so you know those ride homes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> kids, man, I, I got a guy over in Illinois. Uh, shout out to Dave Rabino out of Dynasty Baseball. He gets his kid ice cream after every single game, no matter what. If it's a winter game inside the a dome, It's awesome. You know, 95 degrees, no matter what, he finds an ice cream shop and gets his kid ice cream. So I, you know, it, those those ride homes. Take it easy on your kids. I I know I've been there. We've all been there, but. You know, cut them some slack. They know what they did and, and yeah. everything and have that friendly conversation. And The hat idea, I love that. And, you know, and maybe not just for your kid, but, you know, maybe as a whole team, you know, yeah. and, and when the hat comes down, we're all business here. This is this is no goofing around. We're, we're here to play. We're going to do the things the right way. I take that hat off. We could joke around a little bit. Let's have yeah. some fun. 100%. I absolutely love that. It's uh, it sounds like it's working, too. Yeah. yeah
2: I, I love it. Hey, you know, as a coach. Watch, watch major league baseball players play, I man. They love the game. One player, there's two, of my, two of my favorite players in the game right now: Freddie Freeman and Fernando Tatis Jr. And Tatis Jr. He just looks like he's having fun. He's going out there, he's dancing. He hits a single, man. You, you think he's going to twerk on first base? Like it's, it's insane. And then you got Freddie Freeman that literally talks and jokes around with everybody as he's playing first base the guys are on first he's joking around with them Miguel Cabrera does it like these guys are having fun like and that's something that we implement and we tell our kids hey man you get a single go out there do the bow and arrow dance you know do the you know do the shuffle whatever the new dance is you know go ahead and do it have fun with it you know like who cares? You, you earn the right to have fun if you can hit the ball. It's it's hard enough. All right, we tell our kids, hey man, look, they got three strikes to throw by you. Three. They might be able to throw strike one by you. They might be able to throw strike two by you, but they are not going to be able to throw three strikes by you. You're going to hit one of those balls. Yeah. And if you hit it, Great. If it's a dribble or back to to the pitcher, great. You hit it. That's all we're looking for. And if you don't, take your cap off, tip it to the pitcher, and you can even tell them, you got me that time. You won't get me next time. You know, just have fun with it. Who cares? At the end of the day, if you're not having fun, what's worth doing it? Jeff Holt with Plymouth Canton Little League has three rules of baseball. Or uh, two, I'm sorry, two rules of baseball. Okay, here's just two rules. Rule number one: Have fun. Baseball's is always fun. Rule number two: If baseball is not fun, revert back to rule number one because baseball is always fun. And that's just something that I've I've kind of lived by. So shout out to shout out to Jeff Holt at, at Plymouth Canton Little League. He's the president of that that organization. I mean, it's it's a good thing to live by.
0: No, I I'm with you a thousand percent. I'm, I'm I'm so sick of old man baseball. And yes, there is some levels of respect. Yes, yes, you have to do things the right way. But have fun, especially at this young age. You know, celebrate, do a dance when you hit a home run, do a uh, something at the plate, whatever it may be. Right. I you know I I I talk about uh, top tier Michigan uh, going to be 11 youth team. If you haven't seen them play, go watch them play. There they're
2: are- phenomenal. They are phenomenal, David. David Roos, I think, is how you pronounce his name. He runs a great program over at Top Tier, and they—I know that Top Tier is a, a national, huge brand sponsored by Mizuno and all these other kind of things and stuff. But his little program, his little section of the state of Michigan, man, he's got—he's got that little section in the state of Michigan humming right now,
3: and,
0: and they have swag, man. They yes. Have- on, on the base pass, they, they hit home runs, they do their dances and everything. Yes. And, and you know what? I've seen them lose a couple of games, and they didn't lose many. But when they lose, they're not out there celebrating, and they're still yeah. having fun, but they know they're not succeeding, and they want to do better. And it's But when they're winning, and they are fun to watch. Yeah. If you, yeah. you know, for all these out there that haven't seen them play, that's a team that has fun. And that, that's what it's about, and it sounds like your team's doing the same.
2: Dude, 100%. Yo, we – the other team to watch is hits. the the eleven the now eleven u hits team. I mean, they live up to their name. They're going to hit the ball. Okay, they they hit, but they have fun doing it, man. And I just think it's so important. And if you're again, if you're not going to have fun doing it, why do it? You know, you you're, you're playing fifty plus games. It's sometimes you're playing ninety plus degree heat with pants on. <laughs> you know, like it's it's miserable so why not have fun doing it make it fun I I have I'm I'm implementing I'm gonna have bubble gum in the in the in the dugout this year y'all you know, we do helmet stickers and stuff like that for for good plays but it's not even just good plays it's most of our helmet stickers are for hustle plays even if they drop it I don't care if you drop it if you if you're in a dead out sprint and you die for the ball and you just miss it. That's a hustle play to me. You know, we have it for good sportsmanship and good teammates and stuff. It's just, it gives them something. It And it's fun. You know, we, we make, I gave a kid a sticker for the, for dancing the best in the dugout last year. You know, like it's just fun.
0: So, I love the sticker idea. I love having fun. That's what it's all about. And the, the, the game is changing. You, Fernando Tatis Jr., Tim Anderson's one of my favorites. Just having fun. And yep. I'm glad you brought that up.
2: Three balls, no strikes, seven nothing game. He's still saying, <laughs> you know, it just is what it is.
0: <laughs> and he's laughing and smiling. Yep. And, you know, that may have gone against the old school baseball, <laughs> old man baseball, but it, hey.
2: It is what it is. What are we doing here? We're telling our guys not to not to swing at a 3-0 pitch? We've been telling them their entire career, hey, man, you can sit on a 3-0 pitch if you want, but if, if it's me and I have one of my top hitters out there and it's a 3-0 pitch, guess what, buddy? That's coming straight down the middle. So you go ahead and you turn on that thing, and if you just miss it, it's 3-1. It doesn't really matter. You still got two pitches. Agreed. Okay. I'm,
0: I'm, out, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, so the last question I have for you here, what's kind of one moment that comes to mind for you that you'll never forget about travel baseball, whether it's a play, whether it's, a, you know, something with your kid, um, you know, whatever it may be. One moment when I say travel baseball, give me one. What, what comes to mind for
2: you? Yeah, I hope you don't mind I have two. Um, I'll, make them, I'll make them quick. You know, obviously I love all of my kids. Um, you know, I view all my kids as... as as a uh, family, uh, they all get me a free uh, a gift at the end of the year. This past year, they got me a baseball bat, canter, and stuff. So, you know, it's really cool. But the two moments that that kind of will always stick with me, uh, this past year, we were at Cedar Point. We were doing a tournament down there, beautiful facility, playing a really good team in the championship game, Flood City, uh, out of Pennsylvania. If you haven't seen them, look them up. They, I swear to God, all of them at nine years old looked like 12-year-olds. You know, they we felt like we had a big team. Those guys, I don't know what they had in the water or the corn that they were eating. I don't know what was going on, but those kids looked like they were 12. And we we just we just started hitting, you know. And it got to the last inning, the bottom and sixth inning. We were up six to five, I think, or seven to six. We were up by one run. And they had bases loaded. We had one out on them. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking over at my coaches. I'm like, who's coming up to hit? Because we're going to have to play in the (laughs) – we're going to have to play extra innings. This is a championship game. So who's coming up to hit, right? Well, all of a sudden, a kid that I've had now, I coached him in T-ball, He's been with me pretty much ever since and stuff. He was playing shortstop. Um, Pitcher, induced a ground ball. At nine years old, my kid, all of a sudden, not my kid, I guess my kid, obviously, (laughs) um, but our player, all of a sudden you hear Dom yelling, I got it, I got it, I got it. He fields the ball by himself. The second baseman knew to get out of his way at that point. He tags second. He goes to first. We ended up winning the tournament off of a double play um, type thing. So that was super cool. Um, And then our second year of 8U, we were playing in the Michigan Monster. And Michigan Monster up here is a pretty big tournament. It's not actually sanctioned by SA. U uh, triple S A up here is run by Jay Kornbach, really good organ, really really good guy. He he does a really nice job. Um, but uh, um, Hawks Gold actually runs the Michigan Monster, uh-huh. and uh, we were uh, in the championship game against the River Dogs, and again, y'all, you know, we were back and forth with the River Dogs all year long. Bad blood, good blood, you know. Chad is. We're, we're competitors and it comes out of us sometimes and me and Chad you know we're we're good and stuff like that and I consider Chad a friend they their coach and everything but man we were going at it with each other and stuff like that like oh what's going on but we we ended up tying the game in the bottom of the sixth inning and we had one out and I had a runner on third base and coach gallon all went out you know talked to his pitcher like he should at that point. Uh, and stuff, and and my son was up the bat. And again, I honestly I can't say any more good things about Coach Gale and all the River Dogs. They're a class act organization. They do the right thing. I call my kids over. My my hitter, which is my son, and my third baseman, which was one of the fastest kids on my team. And I said, "Hey guys, Austin, can you lay down a bunt?" And he was like, "Yeah, I got you." And He's eight years old. He doesn't understand the the, the gratitude of, of of what I'm telling him, right? Cause we know you show bunt once in that situation. If you don't lay it down, you can't show it again. It's done. You have, it's a one and done situation. So I'm like, I'm like drilling into him. Like, buddy, no, I don't think you understand. Like your answer was way too smooth for me, (laughs) for me right there. Like, I don't think you understand. I'm talking about if that ball is up at the moon, you have to jump and try to get the ball down type thing. He's like, dad, I got you. Don't worry. I got you. So he goes up, and I look at Camden, who's standing on third base, and I'm like, buddy, Austin's going to lay this punt down. you got to go as soon as that ball hits that bat. you got to go because there's no lead in 8U. So it, he's going from 40 feet with no lead-off, and I'm like, just get into sprinter stance, right? All of a sudden, sure enough, man, that ball is up here at, at the brim of Austin's uh, helmet right at the number nine at his helmet, and he just reaches up and he's on his tippy toes. I actually have a picture of it. My Our photographer got a picture of it. It's fantastic. He's up at his tippy toes and he lays down a perfect bunt down the first baseline. Camden scores. We walked off on the Monster, and the Monster had 17 teams in it that year, uh, type thing. And, you know, all of a sudden we're all jumping around. Austin ran to first base and stumbled over first base. I don't think he really understood what happened. He thought he was out. So he, he thought he was out. He thought he blew the game. We're all jumping around. You know, Camden jumps up, and Jeff, our owner, was on the bench with us, and he picks Camden up, and he's like throwing him and then trying to find another kid to throw and stuff. You know, it was just, it was an awesome. A moment and to be able to share that with my son oh, yeah. is is just something that that I can't. I'm not going to be able to forget that. No, ever right, I, and, and the fact that it was it wasn't an easy bounce. It was over
0: his head. It was like every everything you know that could have gone wrong didn't, and it went yeah. right for that moment. That's yeah. a fantastic moment. I love it. Yeah. Cody Bellinger hit a home run over his head the other day too. So you never know. Yeah. Was, uh, you know where that pitch comes, that kid wanted to do it. Yeah, wanted to lay down.
2: Absolutely, there. and I think it's just the 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 statement of Dad, I got you. Like he walked up there super confident. Like dude. I'm I'm the baddest man in this tournament. I'm gonna get this done. Watch this, you know, And he he did, and it's it was it was awesome.
0: I, I think it, you know I talked about it earlier. It, it comes to the the culture that you created, the family culture, the believing in one another, and that's why he had that confidence and everything. So I love that moment. That's a phenomenal one. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, uh, you know, look forward to having you on again once the season comes along. Uh, everyone out there, make sure you check out Andrew's team, Motor City Nine out of Michigan. One of the top teams in Michigan. I think we had you number four at the end of the year rankings. Uh, you know, in my opinion, number one in uniforms. I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> all your,
2: you guys Wait till you see the new ones this year. They're. They're super. They're super nice this year.
0: I love it. I love the head. Uh, make sure you send me one of those. I'll definitely racking it. Got uh, you. I love it.
2: But, yep.
0: You know I appreciate you hopping on, and we'll definitely uh, catch up again soon. Have you on once the season starts?
2: Sounds good. Shout out to Do Apparel for our uniforms there. So Tell Brett Hall me. at Do Apparel, man, go go see him. He's he's a genius. Yeah, I
0: love it. It's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate it, Andrew. Thanks, man. All right, coming up next, I got Nate Smith over from Upper Arlington Baseball Association, the Golden Bears over there out of uh, out of Ohio. Uh, Nate's a former Division One pitcher out of Ohio State, so his transition from playing at the highest of levels and going and coaching and trying to be at the highest of levels is uh is really eye-opening it's a it's a great interview nate really knows pitching really knows the game of baseball and how analytics are coming into it and the game is changing and every little thing from you know the mechanics to the analytics to being recruited so you know really great stuff from nate and uh looking forward to you know having you guys hear his perspective of things so with that being said let's hop right into it i got Nate. Smith here here we go Nate all right everybody welcome back I have Nate Smith president of Upper Arlington Junior Baseball Association Golden Bears out of Ohio Nate thanks for joining us
3: Jim thanks for having me I appreciate it
0: no problem here Nate let's uh, let's hop into your program here uh, Upper Arlington Junior Baseball Association Golden Bears out of Ohio you guys have done a great job so far from what I've seen the younger ages, we got the nine U team going to be ten U team. Real dominant this past season. You got the ten U team had a great year also. And as you guys are trying to build this program up, it seems like it's going in the right direction. And love what I'm seeing from uh, you know very competitive state in Ohio. So, you of know, talk about this program and you know where you guys are headed right now.
3: Yeah, so it started about 20 years ago by a gentleman named Mike Blevins. Um, his whole goal for Upper Arlington Junior Baseball Association was to give it more of a the kids in Arlington, a bigger platform, a more competitive platform, um, not necessarily play out like all the entire state of Ohio, but really just kind of spread out and play your, um, your local um, teams, which is just continually playing the rec teams, and it just started out with a couple teams and it's eventually evolved over the last 20 years into what we have today. So, um, as president, I run the 7U through 12U. Mike Blevins has now stepped into the JBA side, which is 13U and above. Um, and again, we're at a point now where we've, been able to expand outside of Central Ohio, expand into the state, and now to start to expand and playing teams more on a Midwest and national um, level. So our program contis- consists of basically one 7U team and then two 8Us, 9Us, 10Us, 11Us, and 12Us. Um, we have a Golden black team. Um, our philosophy, I mean, since day one is player development, right? Um, everyone says that. We want to both physically and mentally challenge and develop these kids. Um, and we want to make sure these kids are competitive competing on the right platform that suits their talent level. Um, So we try to find the right teams and matchups for the teams that we have out there for each age group. And the big picture, we are a community-based program. So all the kids on our team will go to the same high school, Arlington High School. We're a city of about 30,000 people. So that makes it special and unique when we can go out there and compete against the club teams. But our big picture here, it's not winning now, it's developing these kids. So by the time they're juniors and seniors... Hopefully, they have a huge advantage and we can start competing for and winning state championships. So, um, and I was going to kind of go ahead.
0: No, yeah. So, I love what you said there about the player development, all going to the same high school. It's, that's rare nowadays in, in travel baseball. So, I love that personally. You know, talk about that player development because the end goal, like you said, is that state championship, which is awesome to see. You got these travel programs, and there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, you got kids. Maybe 12 kids on the team, and none of them are going to go to the same high school. So what you guys are kind of doing is pretty special. Um, I'd love to to hear that. So talk about that player development, what you guys are going to get these kids ready for high school.
3: For sure. So our season kind of begins in November, so we're about a week and a half away from kicking back off again. Um, we have, we're, we're so fortunate and blessed here in Upper Arlington. We have a 12,000 square foot indoor facility, 6,000 square foot defensive side, pitching mounds, take ground balls, not necessarily fly balls, but line drives. Um, we can work, um, with bat hitting dummies, nets, um, our whole throwing program, which I'll get into as well. And then on the other side is our 6,000 square foot, um, hitting facility. So we got three 80 foot cages that can be divided into half to make it six. Um, so we have plenty of pitching machines, tees, soft toss, angle toss. Um, we have the core velocity belts, um, many Whiffles We have all kinds of stuff in there for the kids to get better. So those are kind of the, again, our facilities are unmatched, I believe, at least in central Ohio that I've seen. So each team gets two, two hour blocks starting here at the beginning of November. Um, and we go from beginning of November, basically, to spring break timeframe. And by that point, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get outside. Um, but we basically, from the next three months, so November, December, and January, we basically have three pillars that we talk about for the youth level. First is the throwing and arm care program. i spent a lot of time working on this. I've worked with Brad Goldberg at OSU. I've worked with Coach Clark, um, who's our head coach here at Upper Arlington. And I actually went back to my old mentor, um, Tom Held, who is my high school baseball coach. And if anyone doesn't know or hasn't heard of Tom Held, go ahead and Google him and see how many kids he's developed and played at the college level and actually played in the show. He's an unbelievable head coach, and he's actually the one that got, got me involved, too. So, but long story short, we have within our arm care program, we got an activation phase, a stability and mobility phase, which is brand new this year plenty of band work, plyo work, um, we've incorporated some throwing that's being athlete type throws that's fun for the kids but also getting them to the right mechanics without talking about mechanics. We go into our mechanical phase and then everyone's fam- like favorite long toss and then we finish with some deceleration work. Even for our eight, nines, and 10 year olds, I think do they necessarily need it? I don't know. How much money do they really need? I don't know. But just to get them in the mindset, get them going through the right terminology, getting them going through the right um, uh, stuff that we're using that we'll ultimately use at the higher levels, I think it's good to get them started early. And then we, the other pillar is hitting our goal. We have a 50-minute block twice a week where our goal is to get 230 to 250 quality swings. Again, off machine, soft toss, T-work, you name it. That's the whole goal. So basically, about five quality swings a minute, and then we go into our final pillar, which is my favorite: and it's the strength and conditioning piece. One, yes, physically you're going to get stronger from it. But our whole point of this is the mental piece of it. Um, if you can get through this, and if your teammate is struggling, be there to be a good teammate to help them out. But once you get into games in June and July, and it's 95 degrees, how, how mentally tough are you going to be? Right? Are you going to be able to get through that last inning? Are you going to be able to finish a ball game? So. It's physical, but my whole point of it is the mental piece of it, and growing that that side of it. So, um, and, and as as we as we know, um, baseball is a game of failure, right? The most successful baseball players, the Hall of Famers, are successful thirty percent of the time. So during the offseason, we try to put these kids in uncomfortable tough situations so once they get out in the spring to start playing and competing it becomes a lot easier for these kids so that's kind of like kind of build them or you know tear them down build them up type thing while we have fun doing it Um, different types of drills that are competitive and make it enjoyable for the kids so that's kind of November through January Um, then once we hit February we start going into competition so we get kids on the mound kids in the box Um, a lot of 1v1 type stuff we sometimes have like tournaments um pairing either the pitchers versus the hitters or 1v1 type stuff just to make it competitive again for the kids just to make it so kids aren't just coming in there and going through the you know just going through the routine we're trying to we're trying to challenge each other because you know what once we get into mars man it is go time right so so again we're fortunate to have the, the the amount of room that we have um to kind of be able to make that happen. Also on the front end, we talk every year um, when I started coaching 8U, um, I coach 10U now, our word at 8U was compete, right? And I was like, "How, how do you compete? There's so many different ways to define compete, whatnot. My whole thing, you define compete by playing with confidence. How do you play with confidence? How do you have fun playing the game of baseball? Well, you put these kids in situations where they have an opportunity to be successful. You can just tell... As a kid goes out there in spring and April and where he comes in June, you can just tell his progression and it, it starts one physically, but secondly, it's, it's the mental piece of it, right? Are they being, are they having success in the position you're putting them in? So as a coach, you've got to identify your players. in My opinion figure out what their strengths and weaknesses are. And as a young, as a young baseball player, put them in opportunities to be successful because it will continue to carry throughout their whole baseball career. And most importantly, it will come back the next year. And that's what we're all trying to do is keep kids in the, in the program. Nine you last year we talked about attack. Our word was attack. There's four facets of attacking. It's when you're in the box, attack the ball, right? When you're on the base pass, attack the bases. When you're out in defense, attack the ball. And when you're up on the mound, find the glove and attack the glove. I've always told the kids, hey, physical errors, mental errors are always going to, it's part of the game, right? Again, it's a game of failure and I'll never get on you for that. But if you're not attacking the baseball or that hustle or effort's not there, I have all the right in the world as long as my coaches to get on you for that. So that's kind of how we've developed it. And that's kind of our um, off-season, I guess, program um, up until we get to April. So that's that's kind of the off-season piece of it.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. And I love how you mentioned uh, baseball is a game of failure. I can't tell you the times I've heard. It's an endless amount of times. to Every interview I've done, each and every coach is mentioning it. So all you kids out there listening, it, it, your parents are lying to you. Your coaches are lying to you when they say game, baseball is a game of failure because it is. So, you know, you're hearing it from all these different coaches like Nate and everyone else that has said it. Baseball is a game of failure, and it's all about how you respond to it. So I love that you said that. Uh, the other thing you mentioned is, you know, talk about the throwing at the young age, and to me, I'm a pitching guy too. I love pitching, I love, you know, thinking about pitching and all, everything that goes into it. So you talk about at the young age, you don't know if it works, but I love that you said you don't know if it works because no one knows if it works at that age. It's so tough, everyone's doing different things. But you're testing things out, and you're not overdoing it. So to me, that's that's real important. You know, being able to do that at a young age, and you know, maybe someday we'll figure out. But (laughs) seventy years old, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, you're you're a former pitcher. You 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 don't know. You didn't know what you were doing when you were a kid,
3: right? Now, the importance of our program is be an athlete and move quick. Be an athlete and move quick. Ultimately, you're going to get in or find your strong, strong arm slot the way your body works the best. So that's we don't here. We don't want to like. Here's what you do first. Here's what you do second. We're not robots, right? Everyone's different. If you watch a major league pitcher, you throw 50 major league pitchers up there. They're they're all different, right? Different arm slots, different mechanics t- for the most part. Um, so we want to give them the opportunity and flexibility to be the athlete you are and move quick. So that's what we really, really kind of talk about. And maybe we can pick out one or two things mechanically that they're doing wrong. But ultimately, be, be an athlete, move quick, and we'll put you in positions and different types of drills where you can do that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I've heard good things about the program that you, uh, you run over there. So I've heard it from some different people. And, you know, we'd love to learn more about that in, uh, in the future. And, you know, so let's kind of talk about how you guys compete in Ohio. You know, to me, it sounds like the development and getting these kids ready but, you know, Ohio's a pretty pretty, pretty tough state. You got, you know, the other top teams, Ohio City Baseball Club and Ohio Nationals over there and um, Ohio League Team Ohio, all those different teams over there. You know, how, how are you guys able to compete over there, you know, just being this local town and, and everything? And to me, it sounds like the development, but um, anything else that goes into, you know, building this program?
3: All right, so, again, community-based program. Um, so we have a, a gold team and a black team, so kind of your A team and B team. And one of the things we we try to work on and try to formulate is you know what it's 22 strong right you never know we're always battling each other for the to play on the gold team or whatever it might be but the ultimate big picture is we all come together at the high school level so when we get inside indoors both teams practice together and we're constantly pushing and challenging each other we don't look at the outside you know teams and pull up where they're ranked or how they're doing we just focus on us and I, I feel like we have really good coaching. We have an unbelievable indoor facility. We've gotten great sponsorships to go out and get the pitching. I and mean, we're talking right now about investing in maybe an eye pitch machine. I'm not sure if you've seen those. Um, so there's a lot of the hit tracks piece of it. We're, we're investing in the right resources, um, both from a tool setting and then knowing how to use those tools. And then incorporating them within the coaching staff and then just kind of top down and incorporating the philosophy that we're trying to teach right um it doesn't matter if you go out there and win and lose i mean when you when you obviously step onto the baseball field heck yeah you want to win right that's the whole point of it however it's how do you get there and if you do fail what do you learn from it how do we grow from it as an organization how do we grow from it we constantly as coaches have that communication Hey Nate, you're going to 10 you this year, right? Stealing's gonna be a little bit harder. You gotta do that. you gotta start holding kids on a little bit better. You gotta be a little bit better on the mounds, um, varying up looks and whatnot. I was last year at nine you was like, man, just get up there and throw strikes, right? Right? <laughs> Let them put it in play, field, and we'll we'll go up and hit. So um so it's it's really just kinda we we don't look at the outside barriers, we just really keep it inside. Um, continue the path, continue down the path of what our philosophy is, and instill it in the kids, and um, continue to grow and develop as baseball players.
0: No, I love that, and it sounds like you guys are investing in, you know, analytic-type things, too, which I'm also a big component on. It's uh, it's the future of baseball and the future of sports, and uh, you don't have to be all in on it, but as long as you're incorporating in some type of way, so I, I'm
3: glad but, to hear that. That's a it's, it's great for these kids, especially four or five years from now. Who knows what travel right. baseball is going to be? So investing in this
0: now is, is very important. I'm glad to hear you guys are heading in that direction.
3: Well, I appreciate it. And obviously winning means something. So I, I learned from an early age. Early age, my dad used to say, it doesn't matter if you're playing baseball, if you're playing tiddlywinks. And I don't know what tiddlywinks still are at this day. <laughs> However, if there is a scoreboard, you want to win the game. But our whole thing at, at in UAJBA is at what cost, right? It will never be at the cost of a kid's or at the expense of a kid's arm. Last year at nine, you, all my kids pitched, I think from 13 innings to 31 innings and everyone else in between. I pitched everyone. I think, in my opinion, I know hitting a baseball is hard, but getting up on a mound at a, as a nine year old when you've never done it before, all eyes on you and you got to throw a strike man. Not only do you have to throw a strike, you kind of got to throw a good strike or else the guy's going to, you know, hit a laser off you. Or what happens when you walk a couple guys in a row? What happens if your teammate makes an error, then you walk a kid? What are you going to do mentally, right? It's not the physical piece of it. We can all throw. We've been throwing for a while. It's the mental piece of it. So that's, that's why I think pitching, I am mean, coming from an ex-pitcher, right? But I think pitching at a youth level, if you can do that mentally, man, it sets you up for success in anything you do. So... Yeah, so, I, don't
0: agree yeah. more. And I had a conversation with uh, Josh Cranwitter over from Clutch Baseball out of Missouri last week, and we talked about that, too. Um, you know, at 7U, seven, seven 8U, maybe even 9U, your hardest thrower is typically your best pitcher. right to that 10U, 11U level, it's a mental game. So you may have a guy that's only clocking 58. 59, right. 60, whatever it may be, but can he control that game and what he does to, you know, be able to do that is, is truly defining a good pitcher at that age, and, um, you know, sometimes you get rack ball or whatever that may be,
3: and, you know, your hardest pitcher, again, you use know, your best player, but that's not the case when travel baseball comes on no. good, and, you know, you're a former ex-pitcher, let's
0: kind of dive into that a little bit, um, you know, pitched at Ohio State, uh, you know, pretty good career over there, talk about, you know, your transition from. You know, playing the game to coaching the game, and you know, I, yeah, I'm sure you love coaching uh Maybe a little bit more because your kids involved. I, you know, I know how that goes and and everything. So, I'll kind of talk about that transition for you.
3: Well, I never thought I'd un- truly understand what my dad was talking about when he said he couldn't sit down. He was constantly pacing at games and his heart was racing. I know now. Last year was my first year of my son actually pitching, and one of our coaches got a really good picture of me for the, when the first time he went out to to pitch. And I was standing behind him and just like watching him and just like. Truly soaking it all in as a father is like the greatest, in my opinion, greatest experience, one of the greatest experiences in my life. So... Man, um, times have changed. <laughs> Twenty years later, right? <laughs> um, I mean, literally, I've had to go. Yeah, I've had to go back on YouTube. I've had to talk to Goldberg. I've had to talk to Tommy. How like, what is going on here, right? Like the terminology, the mechanical piece of it. It's it's all it's all evolved. The science behind the the hitting mechanics and throwing mechanics have all changed from when I grew up, right? But we didn't have any of that stuff. So so just trying to understand the whole philosophy and trying to put a game plan together for the kids um that made sense to the youth um was was a challenge first and then second is just the patience man like The last time I personally played competitive baseball, if I wasn't being, if I didn't have success on the mound, I was going to lose my job, right? (laughs) That's not the mindset you can have with these young little kids, right? Again, it's a game game of failure. So you got to be as patient as you possibly can with these kids, constantly encouraging them. It's okay. Turn the page, move on to the next play. And being extremely competitive and it, it took me, it took me a hot second to truly like grasp that and be like, all right, Nate, they're eight, they're nine, take a step back here. We're, 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 working on developing these kids. We want these kids to stay in baseball, right? There's nothing wrong with being competitive, but do it in the right way, do it in the right manner, especially in a, a sport where you fail more so than not. And especially in a sport where these kids have never pitched before. These kids are getting in the batter's box for the first time. Oh, by the way, there's a kid leading off. It's, there's so much going on for these poor kids um, at nine years old. So um so it's it's the patience piece of it. Really taking a step back, working on de- developing the fundamental piece of it, um, and as well as incorporating some of that competitive side of it as well. But just really being patient with the kids. That's been the those have been the two things.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's not easy to do, and it takes a little bit of time. But you know, everyone will get there, and everyone has their moments too. You're gonna have a little outburst sometimes. And that's just competitiveness in you and uh, you talk about the game changing you know everything you know so talk about you know what it takes to get to that division one level um how to earn your scholarship and like you said it's changed a lot uh you know everything from the social medias and how you're being recruited when you're being recruited and everything but you know what does it take to get to that level that you were able to compete at
3: yeah for sure and you know it's whether it's d1 d2 d3 juco It it honestly doesn't matter if you love the game and you have an opportunity to go and continue to play the game because, you know what, kids still develop differently, right? 17 and 18 year olds, there could be a kid that shoots up at 23 or four inches, throws on 20 pounds and is throwing five miles per hour, however. So just to get that opportunity to continue to go on and play baseball, doesn't matter what level it might be. Um, And on top of that, if you're playing baseball, you probably are getting some of your school maybe hopefully paid for, um, which ultimately will take you further in life than baseball will for the most of us. Um, But what does it take? You know, it's honestly just comes down to that one hunger right? Do you want it? Is this something you really want? To, and it's just like in life in general, is this something you really want to do, right? Are you going to go out and do it? Or are you going to go make excuses for yourself? When when failure hits you, are you just going to step back and like, oh, maybe this isn't the right thing, but ultimately it comes down to how bad do you really want it? Um, the cool part about baseball, in my opinion, yeah, you have to be an athlete to a degree to play the game, but you really don't. Your size doesn't really matter. Um, how many sports out there does your size and athleticism not really matter as much as it does in baseball. if That makes sense. Um, I think not it's the only team sport. Yeah, if you think about it,
0: baseball's probably the only team sport.
3: Yeah. So, so my whole point is, everyone has an opportunity, right, to be successful in baseball if they want to. My um, Tom Hell just had a podcast on on today, and he's like, every high school, no matter how big or small they are, can have at least one kid every year throwing ninety miles per hour. It doesn't take an athlete to go out and do that. And I'm speaking because I did that and I thought it was an athlete, but maybe I wasn't. But long long story short, baseball is a game. If you want it, you have an opportunity to develop and go get it if that's what you want. Tom Held put, when I was um, a freshman year in high school whatnot, I was like, hey, coach, I I really want to pitch at that next level. And he's like, all right, here's a throwing program. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to take it and run with it or are you going to just... Do it when you want to. You know what? I was religious. I, I would get up at 6 a.m., go swing. I would go to school. I would go to basketball practice until 8, 8.30. And then I'd go in my garage, see in my breath, and do this whole throwing program that he created for me. Four days a week. Um, didn't have band work or anything. I, mean, I think I did jumping jacks to get the blood flow, <laughs> And then I threw some sort of like heavy softball. A baseball and a tennis ball, um, majority of it off flat ground, but I also built a little small mound. So, But, you know, I wanted it, right? I, I did it religiously because the back of my mind, I wanted that opportunity to play college baseball. I wanted to really play at Ohio State, but, I mean, I didn't know if that was possible for a kid out of Bryan, Ohio, a town of 10,000 people, one to even get noticed or seen, but number two, to have really that opportunity to go play for Bob Todd at OSU, but... Ultimately it worked out for me and, and again it's it's because I wanted it. And that's it's there's no special sauce, there's no special formula. Hopefully you have the right mentors and coaches along the way that can help develop you and give you the right resources to be successful. But it, it really comes down to you have that you know have that dog and that competitiveness in you to go want it and go get it.
0: Right. You know, probably kids listening out there. It's it, so you mentioned just wanting it, but you can hear it in your voice that you truly did want it. So you may have a kid that says, "I want it, I want it," and he may do it twice a week versus that four times a week that you were doing. And that twice a week, you know, great, that's good. I'm glad to see you growing and wanting it, but. You gotta do it to the full amount. So if if a coach is telling you to do it four times a week, and that's what it's gonna take to get to the next level, yep. that's what you gotta do. So uh, you could hear it in your voice that you did want that, and, and you're able to tell what the kids nowadays and. You know, yeah, sure. I want it. Versus, yes, coach, I I want this. So yeah. I'm glad to, you it's, know, the passion's still there, and yeah. I'm sure I brought up some good memories for you there. For, for
3: sure, it's you can tell with the kids that they their eyes are locked on you, and we 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 always talk about listening with your eyes and ears, right? You truly listen with your ears, but if your eyes are locked in on what you're doing, you know the kids invested, right? You know he's there for the right reason. He's trying to learn. He's trying to get better. And as a coach, that's all we can ask, right? No, I love it. I love it. So,
0: and uh so, you know, what's next for this program? What uh you know, any top tournaments you guys plan on going to this year or you know, kinda you talked about the off season development, but you know, what's next for getting this program out here? I think you guys are doing a great job and you know you, excited to see where you guys are headed with this.
3: Yeah, and you know there's a few things. Um number one, I from a pitching standpoint, I have we actually just on Monday had I, I walked all our through I walked all our coaches through our new um Throwing program, and one of my big takeaways with the coaches is, hey, like last year at nine, I was like, hey, let's just throw strikes, right? At 10U, everyone's like, all right, you need a curveball. You need off speed. And I was like, you know what? You need to command your fastball. If you can command your fastball. So at 10U, I'm going to start working because the majority of my kids threw over 60% strikes last year. So I'm going to start working with my catchers. Let's go out or third. Oh, how dare you come in or third, right? Everyone's scared to go in because you're going to hit the kid and give them a free base. Who cares, right? We're learning, we're developing. The minute a kid has is fearless of going in on a hitter, how good is that fastball just off the plate, or how good is that changeup? So my whole thing, my whole philosophy with these guys at ten u and even eleven u is like, let's command, let's start to command the zone with these kids if we can, right? Let's outer third, inner third, raise the eye level, go down if you can, and then let's maybe mix in a change. My favorite pitch is a changeup. I'm everyone gets obsessed with this breaking ball or slurve or slider. The reality is at 10, 11, 12, they're not throwing it right anyway. Are they getting people out? Yeah, because kids don't see it, right? (laughs) So, of course they are. Um, But my whole reality is, hey, it's going to, if you want to be a pitcher, you're going to get set up for success down the road if you can command your fastball. So, let's start at 10. If you you can throw over 60% strikes, let's start moving it in and out, right? Right. And learn how to pitch. And then we can throw some, you know, some... um, Uh, change pieces whatnot and then maybe by 11 or 12 we can start throwing in maybe a a little wrinkle of some sort but ultimately work on breaking balls once you get to 13 you've kind of hit the puberty age whatnot in my my opinion maybe I maybe next year when I get into 11 like now it's time I don't know (laughs) I didn't throw a curveball until I was 13 but it is what it, the times have changed so yeah. so that's that's my whole philosophy on pitching that i wanted to incorporate with with the guys um so with our with our program uh the kids that are gonna be 11 you this year i know they're playing in some top tournaments um our 10 u program is actually going out making the first trip out to grand park this year and the uh, super select invite only um oh, it's like, going super select them? yeah okay. we are yeah so phenomenal tournament. it is well it, in the crazy part is i i love the team there's like that we at you that we battle here you got your what's well, it used to be ohio elite um Uten, but it's ohio, the hit dogs now so hit dogs have kind of come in and the central ohio ohio elite strauss um the sticks black um so like four or five teams that are really what in springboro they're like all going out there too It's like guys <laughs> pick a different tournament we can play each other whenever but but there's some other like top teams out of indiana top teams out out of illinois i was kind of looking for your upper deck team to be in there because i know they had a good season last year i think the hit dogs out of michigan um kind of what beaver valley to get into it i I want like the i want to go i don't care if we again it's not about winning or losing it's for my kids to go play against the best the best in the midwest um so and then there's a tournament in dayton um another um super select type program Um, And then we're going to go over to the new era Pittsburgh tournament again because I want to play Beaver Valley. I hope they're in it. That's the whole point. I want to go play. I have our kids play against the best, and maybe we'll get run rule. Who knows? It'll be good for them. Um, And then we have our own tournament. We're playing the state tournament that we've won the last couple of years. Um, We have like seven tournaments um and then i'll, I'll ch- i'm actually gonna rent out Burliner Field. to we have a mecca it's in columbus ohio it's it's a beautiful facility they got like 30 ballparks so i'm trying to bring some of the top teams in the state to come down and do like a three three game round robin a couple times in april and then i'll just play we got some seven eight really solid teams here in central ohio that will play and and the rest are tournaments so we we typically go until the fourth of july um I could be right or wrong on this. I I am disappointed. Like TBR does their whole World Series mid-July. But nine of my kids play tackle football. The other two play competitive soccer. Four of the nine kids play competitive travel soccer, including my son. So they're six, seven days a week. They're already doing other sports. And I want them to learn how to move differently. I want them to go compete in different sports. They're competing with their their bodies, right? Um, so we, we really don't do any sort of fall ball. Once July hits, they're done July, August, September, October. We pick back up in November. Now, a lot of teams kind of do the fall ball range and then take November, December off. So I guess you can kind of do it um, differently. But but yeah, we, we kind of take that fall ball off and uh, get back into the beginning of the season, which here's a, in a week and a half for us. So I'm excited. We put a lot of new things into the facility to make it fun and creative for the kids. And uh, I know they're going to be excited to get back. And I know it's, it's interesting. A lot of parents are like, oh, this travel baseball just takes up so much time. It's like, what else are you going to be doing in the winter? Have you seen our facility? I mean, come on in. Like, let's throw ground balls. Yeah, let's let's go know. hit. Like, it's, it's awesome. Kids want to do that. If not, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be on their iPads, right? So, hey, well, come on in. Let's go hit the ball. Let's have some fun and uh, be with your buddies, right? And have some fun and get better so
0: yeah no i I love it and you know as long as they're playing some type of sport being active in the fall nothing wrong with that you talk about the super select and i actually talk about it in this episode in super select and the tbr tournament you know two of the top tournaments in the midwest and uh, I'll be down there for both of those, so oh, awesome. definitely come check you out. And yeah. um, I was looking at the Super Select uh, earlier this week, actually, and it's loaded already for every age level. So it's going to be a great competition. It's a good format that they do over there, and you know, to me, each and every year, that's one of the top in the Midwest, and it's early in the year too. So you're going to know right away kind for of sure. where you stand. Which is, which is good. You know, it's okay to go, go ahead and go one and two or one yeah. three whatever it may be, but you want, you're able to tell where your team's at, win or we'll lose, you're able to see where they're at early in the year.
3: And that's with with the team that we, the goal team that we have put together, I, I don't want any, I call them layups. I want the kids to be challenged. Um, even a couple of the teams that I'm going to schedule that aren't like a really great baseball, they have a couple really good pitchers and I want the really good pitchers to face our kids. Right. Um, and that's why in April, I'm trying to bring some of the top teams in the state to come play us one, so we don't have to travel them, but two, so, so we're not playing any labs. I, I want the most challenging schedule possible for our kids because that's the only way they get better. I mean, you could tell from, we lost, so our 8U team went 36-0-1 state. We lose our first two games in 9U. Kids are looking at me like deer in headlights, like what just happened? I think we lost, we lost nine games last year, and I think four or five of them were in the first three weeks. And then we went on a nice little run, but the kids just, because we didn't do fall ball. So getting on it was all brand new to these kids. But I'm telling you what, once once they got in rhythm, built that confidence, started playing together, um, you could just see see the kids kind of take off and the team take off. So it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, no, and one one thing I did want to circle back on, you know, one last thing here, I, if we talked about it a few minutes ago, controlling that fastball is so important. I talked about it last episode. Trust your coaches. You know, the coaches are going to let you know where to hit your spots and. 95% of the time, your coach is going to be right. And if it gets hit, at the end of the day, it's not going to be your fault. So, controlling that fastball is so important and, and it's going to build trust, and there's so much more to come from that. So, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, uh, it's a game changer to tell a kid, a nine, 10 year old kid, to go up and in um, and control that and throw that strike. You're going to get a kid, you know, striking out at 90% of the time.
3: For for sure. I, I just, I get, and again, my thought could change, but just people get so hung up on curveballs and sliders and. You know what let's let's work on commanding a fastball right? Right, right let's command that because once you can do that you can do so many more things as a pitcher so and it may be even weird for me to even say let's command a fastball at 10 but if you're at least thinking about it and working on it i promise you you're going to pick it up a lot sooner than someone that's out there working more on throwing breaking balls
0: right you're going to see it and you know one thing i do like hearing kids say is you know they may yeah, I saw a fall game this past fall, and the pitcher, a pretty good pitcher, he threw whoever it was. I think it was up and in, and the kid took one over the fence. and The, and the pitcher was not upset. Yeah. He came back in the dugout and he asked his coach. He said, "Well, I hit my spot," and the coach was like, "You did, so there's nothing to be upset
3: about." He won. The that kid coach won. You, to do it, and you did it, and you did your best, and you try to hit that spot, and maybe you missed a little bit. Right. But at the end of the day, you know
0: creating a challenge for these kids, and they're going everything they can to hit that spot.
3: Exactly. Agreed. Just try, like you said, trust your coaches. They're doing it for a reason, for the most part. Um, and we're and as coaches, we're all learning too. So, right? <laughs> it's yeah. part of the process. We all we all learn and grow together.
0: <laughs> sure is. I agree. Nate, I got one more question for yeah. you here. What uh, name one more thing you know that you're never going to forget when it comes to travel baseball. You know, whether it's coaching your kid, something in with in the off season. Uh, development, a uh, double play, a home run, whatever it may be. You know, what's kind of one moment that comes to
3: mind for you? That, you know, someone brings it up, you're never going to forget. Yeah, I mean, I, so I'll, I'll give you the moment a second. I mean, the the big part of travel baseball is the camaraderie and the friendships. And like, I, I didn't play a ton of travel baseball. I played with my buddies for the most part um all through high school. So it kind of relates to what UAJBA is today. And I'm glad I'm in a program that has that tradition and continues that, but it's, it's the overnights of the hotels. It's the kid pulling the fire alarm at 2am. It's, it's the swimming pools. It's the dinners afters. It's the ice cream and all that jazz. But my greatest moment as it wasn't until actually right before I went to Ohio state, I got an opportunity to play for the Midland Redskins Um, played on the Connie Mack world series. And I was MVP. We won the last game, um, it was a, I threw a 3-2 slider and ground ball to shortstop and our shortstop at the time was Ryan Terriel who had a pretty successful career in the major leagues I, he threw it over to Shelly Duncan at first base and I just remember him throwing it looking at me and just coming and bear hugging me and then just everyone bouncing on top of me and having just it was, it was just a memory the expression you can I can still see the final play I can still see where the kid got the ball off the end of the bat and like just didn't get a good swing on it and so that's just something I'll always remember um and now as a coach coaching standpoint it's as we've talked about it's just seeing the growth of these kids playing in difficult situations may struggle at first but by the time the end of the season you can just see it like they have that confidence and whatnot and the second piece of it is just playing against teams where they have great coaches that are kind that align on the values and what you're trying to incorporate and teach um at the youth level so it's, it's been a blast i've enjoyed every minute i met some pretty cool people along the way
0: oh that's awesome i love it, it- I love the moment you said, and it's always going to, you know, enjoy those moments for all those kids, and when you win a championship, when you win a big game, and maybe, you know, not even a championship, maybe a quarterfinal, but it's a big game, you know, celebrate. You guys can to remember these moments for the rest of your life.
3: Enjoy it. Yep. Enjoy it. 100%.
0: Yep. Well, man I appreciate you hopping on. I look forward to talking to you again when the season gets going here. I for wish sure. you guys the best of luck. I'm real, real excited to watch you guys play this year, and uh, I'll be down in Super Select. Definitely see you guys over there. Maybe we'll come uh, check out one of the tournaments you guys are putting on to. We'll see what we can do for there. And uh, definitely want to see what you guys are going
3: Thank you. Well, I appreciate everything you're doing to uh, kind of recognize baseball teams here in the Midwest. Um, like we had talked earlier, it's – We somewhat get forgotten for the southern and west coast states, but there's some really, really good baseball and talented players here in the Midwest, and I appreciate you kind of giving us that notoriety or publicity um, at the youth level. So thanks for everything you're doing as well.
0: No problem, Nate. I appreciate
3: it. Yep. Have a good night. That's going to wrap up
0: episode two, Midwest Baseball Rinks. Like I said, make sure you guys like and subscribe. Do everything you can to get this podcast out there. Go visit the website, MidwestBaseballRanks.com. That's MidwestBaseballRanks.com. Visit the Instagram. Visit the Facebook. Make sure you guys check us out. Show some love. We'll show you guys some love, too. Excited for next week. We're going to deep dive into Michigan, like I said. we got a couple great guests coming on for the Michigan episode. I can't wait. Very excited for this one. We're going to get into some things here. It's uh, you know talking some state rankings, like I talked about. So very excited for that one. Let us know who you want to get, who you want to see on here what coaches what organizations you guys want to hear let us know if you want to be a guest let us know we're glad to have you on we got a bunch of guests already lined up we got a bunch recorded already we're gonna to continue to mix them up here and uh, we got we got we got a lot of content planned guys with a lot of content and more to come we're gonna be doing some live streams uh we got videos coming on YouTube we got we got a lot of things coming for for all these organizations, a lot of you fans out there. So I uh, can't wait. I appreciate everyone tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Appreciate it. And we're out